Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with episode 128 of the Chick Foley Show. We are going to be previewing Backlash and diving into everything that has happened inside and outside the squirt circle this week. Let's start it off, as always, by introducing the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good. We had an awesome episode of Dynamite last night and um, sipping a cold beverage. We got, I'm about to win my uh, Chick fil A show prediction championship Ooh. back this weekend. I'm, I'm hype. Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts? Going good. Um, I plan on uh, keeping that title at least uh, for the remainder Enjoy of the while year. It lasts, buddy. You've been, you've been holding it all 2021. I mean, I'm gonna. It's gonna stay that way. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to be like the Roman Reigns of this show and just, you know, <laughs> smash them, stack them, and pin them. That's, that's what I'm gonna oh do. My smash them, stack them, and pick them. <laughs> and pick them. There we go. Shane, remind everyone where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show, and you can join our Foley fam over on Facebook and get exclusive content at ChickFoleyShow.com. We have a new episode of Unboxing Mania up every week. Uh, Seth and I sit down and unbox some of the massive pile of, you know, smothering figures we have up in the figure room um, every week for you guys. So check that out. And uh, yeah, we will also have a Chick Foley Rumble. We're going to do another 2K Rumble this Saturday night before uh, WrestleMania Backlash. So get get a hype for that. Um, if you haven't ever done one of our Rumbles before, they are super fun. I know our Foley fam is going to be hyped. So if you uh, if you're out there waiting for a reason to pull the trigger to join us, now's the time. Yeah, those Foley Rumbles are definitely my favorite event that we do, and it's been a while since we've done one. Uh, WrestleMania week was so packed that there really wasn't a free night, and we're not trying to compete with any of the actual in-ring action that's on so it's yeah. been a, yeah, it's been about two months since we've had one so we're due they're, they're always a, a blast and we've also got the foley picks league uh going on right now we kicked it off with aw blood and guts uh i need to remind you guys who's at the top of the leaderboards right now it, it's your boy it's me oh. you, know, you guys are supposedly the you, you, you guys have been duking it out for the prediction championship but meanwhile my first time up and i left you guys in the dust so i don't know how I mean, because when you pick here on the show i keep track and you're you're garbage when you pick yeah. here on the show it's like you're, 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 what, what is that cosine, Marco? I heard I heard that yeah in the background. I spoke up. I smothered Marco's cosine. Well, it's okay. It's not. A, it's not a big. I mean, he's not a big match player. He's he's good in like the the minor leagues. Hey. That's stuff, right. This so, the uh, uh, the Chick Foley Prediction League is the is the mid card championship for the Chick Foley Show. So the, yeah. the Chick Foley Show Prediction Championship that's the heavyweight title, and then we got our our uh, you know cruiserweight slash mid card title at the with yeah. the prediction league. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're, you're 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 a perfect <laughs> mid carter. You're the Cesaro of the uh, Jake Foley fam. That's I, I would say that too if I was looking up at somebody in the standings. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We opened up the predictions for Backlash today. Uh, it's 15 of us there in the Facebook group competing, and uh, we encourage everybody that's not participating to follow along. Go ahead and pick your favorites to root for all season long, like myself. I think that's a great choice. And um, be ready to jump in after SummerSlam when this first season wraps up. Uh, also, we the New Day giveaway. So last week we announced that we were going to be giving away um, 
the New Day Motu figure. Uh, me and Sheena, you know, we've talked about it on the show plenty. We have two little kids and we lead very busy lives. Like I, sitting down to do the podcast is actually one of the more chill times of the week for us. And uh, we just never got around to like, you know, snapping some photos and then getting posts up <laughs> on social it. media for, uh, for the giveaway. So what we're going to do, we're rolling that giveaway over this week. Uh, Sheena, I think you said we, we got a handful of people that entered so far. Um, yeah. For all those, if you guys want to send another screenshot this week, you guys will just get double entries. Okay, so we're not going to we, we want to reward you guys for going ahead and trying to get in the ring uh, last week. So we're going to let you guys have two entries in it. But for anybody else, go. we'll get the post up on social media in the next 24 hours and just take a snapshot of yourself listening to the Chick Foley show and you'll be entered to win the New Day Motu figure. Uh, Sheena, tell the listeners about the Pod Foundation. So as we tell you guys every week and you hear um, throughout the show, we've linked arms with some of the best in the podcasting biz. Um, we have our brothers over at the Extra Cooler Show, the Survivor Series team, bringing up all the nostalgia, covering, you know, classic matches in WWE. Um, it's just amazing stuff over there that they're doing. Um, we have our guys over at the Turnbuckle Tavern giving you the most in-depth AEW coverage of the week. Um, I actually just finished listening to their show today. They nailed it as always. Um, and then we have our guys over at Pyramid Wrestling bringing you all the action figure content that your heart desires. So we all bring a little bit something different to the table and our powers combined like Captain Planet. We just all, you know, we, we rule the world. So uh, definitely check us out over at Pod Foundation. Uh, check out all of our shows. You'll know what content we have coming up by following. And uh, yeah, support those guys because they're doing great stuff. All right. And we want to remind you guys before we get into it that... Use code Chick Foley at Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures and wrestling figure accessories. You guys ready to get inside the squared circle? Let's go. All right, so we are going to kick it off with our reaction to a a awesome, awesome episode of AEW Dynamite. Yeah, it was from good. last night. Uh, we'll start with the main event. Our, our old boy Rusev Day. You know, it was Miro Day yeah. last night. Miro took down Darby and ended his amazing reign as TNT champion. Marco, we'll kick it over to you first. So does last night's performance, does it redeem the first, uh, you know, six months or so of just kind of lackluster, uh, you know, middle of the road type performances from Miro? I think so. I think it definitely, uh, it helped him out a lot. Um, he came off as a, as a monster that he, that he showed himself as uh, mm -hmm. when he was in the WWE, um, even more so um, last night. I mean, I, I love the fact that they just like the, the match didn't start and he's just like brutally Already beating uh, his head in. Yeah. yeah, he was he was beating the crap out of Darby Allen and I like I, I kind of like predicted that was going to happen. It was going to be like a he's going to kick the crap out of him for like like ten fifteen minutes and then they're going to ring the bell and you know Darby was going to be able to to uh, you know defend himself, but he did mm -hmm. uh, for a little bit. You know he fought off um, the best man as long as he could and obviously uh, you know came up short in the end. But I thought it was a really great outing for uh, Darby's so Camaro. good in that way like yeah. you know to still be able to take that pin and just still come out looking good you know to mm -hmm. be able to hang with a guy like Rusev like yep. you know hats off to him and to me he made the TNT title interesting and just made it makes it fun I feel like it was a big deal that it got you know that Miro took it last night um, so I think that really says something about Darby um, and his ability to just kind of like bring interest and um, you know meaning to to the TNT title to that mid-card title yeah yeah, I think he nailed it. It just, uh, he, it was such a, it really defined the championship. I mean, hats off to, 
to Brody Lee. You know, obviously, I think he's going to be associated with that TNT championship for a very long time. But this was mm-hmm. definitely the most entertaining reign we've had for a while. Um, I love that he was just kind of lining up the different challengers every week on on Dynamite, knocking them down. And I, I can't wait to see where he goes from here. He's such a he reminds me so much of Jeff Hardy in that he's just so charismatic in the way that he sells. You know, like you, you said, yeah. you know, he's yeah. good at kind of just getting beat down, but but making you believe in him because he always gets up for more. Like, I, I love the spot when he did like the suicide dive and just kind of bounced off Miro like a pin. Oh yeah. my <laughs> gosh, yes. I just, it, I worry about the guy because yeah. he is so, you know, he's really slight, you know, he's just, not only is he short, but he's also just kind of like very thin, you know, and mm-hmm. I just, I don't know how, his bump card, as Steve Austin likes to say, is definitely getting filled up uh, very, yeah. very quickly. Uh, Marco, who do you want to see Miro go up against? Who do you want to see him defend that TNT championship against? He's got just a, a host of fresh competitors to, to take on here in AEW. Who, what's some matchups you'd like to see? Oh, man. Everybody. Anyone that doesn't have a title um, <laughs> in AEW, I want to see step up. Uh, definitely the Murder Hawk. It looks kind of like yeah. that's going to happen. Just two behemoths going at it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's probably like the most, The that's probably the one I want to see the most. I mean, I, I can see, I'm not sure if Sting's going to step in the ring at any point, but I they kind of like planted seeds a little bit. Um, in that sense with Sting, so but uh yeah, definitely Murderhawk would be my my choice for uh for Marrow, just like a big monster. And it looks like he's he's a face now, essentially, so what better than to go up against Marrow? Yeah, they definitely planted some seeds uh that, that that's gonna be the direction that they go. I just with Marrow's high impact offense, I don't know if I really want to see the stinger in there with him. That could be a, a recipe yeah. for disaster. Uh, the other big news on AW last night was the uh, Pac and Orange Cassidy match kind of ended with a non-finish. Kenny Omega thought he was that just meant that he would get the night off at double or nothing. Yeah. But uh, no, our boy Tony Khan came out and said it's going to be a triple threat. Um, I, as far as I remember, I think this is the first time we've even had a triple threat for a singles championship in AEW. Yeah. Am, yeah. am I right on that? Yep, yeah. um, it was actually, I was going to tell you that because uh, I got it confirmed from our brothers over at the Turnbuckle Tavern. They were talking about that, that today, that it was the uh, the first time we've had a triple threat. And I, I trust, I didn't check the stats on the Google machine, but I trust those guys that they know what they're talking about. And yeah, yeah. they said so. If, uh, if, if Turnbuckle Tavern says something about AEW, you can take it to the bank. That is the source for the most in-depth AEW analysis anywhere in the wrestling world podcast world i like it i'm actually not the biggest fan uh triple threat matches just because it's never set right with me that a champion uh can lose his belt without even getting pinned but used occasionally they are fun to change it up you know obviously we've had some awesome ones in the past yeah exactly wwe has been wearing out the triple threat matches lately we just saw it in the main event of mania it's going to be two of the biggest matches at backlash are going to be triple threat so i think they kind of overplay it because it can make it easy to you know, throw some, mm-hmm. throw a third party in there that's going to take yeah. the fall. It keeps you from having to do a decisive finish with with your your true top guys. If and you sometimes don't want it gives to. you it gives you it kind of you know telegraphs the match a lot to, a lot of times too. When you throw that third person in there, you're like, oh, I totally see where this is going. You know, yeah, They're like, cough, Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. cough. But yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Sheen, I'll ask you, I'm not going to put you on the spot to make a prediction, but who are you rooting for to leave double or nothing with the championship? Um. I guess I'm going to say, I mean, I would love to see orange. I just don't, I don't see that as a realistic possibility. Um, if I'm, if I'm using my, my thinking brain, my prediction brain, I'm going to say Kenny retains. Okay. That's so you're rooting for Kenny to win. Sure. Yeah. I'm rooting for Kenny to win. Okay. Marco, how about you? Um, I mean, if we're not going with like picks like that, um, if I'm rooting for someone, it's definitely 
Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I um, agree. Just to see what it would be like with him as champion. Um, just a polar opposite of what Kenny Omega is doing right now of being all like braggadocious and, you know, dressing all fancy and, you know, talking crazy and stuff like that. Just like it would be the polar, like he'll just drag the title down. Yeah, I was going to say, but do you think it would bring the, the title down a peg? Because that's the only thing, you know, they've no. done so much work making it, you know, meaningful and, you know, having very few champions in their, in their two years that they've been a company. I just feel like if not that orange isn't deserving, um, I mean, he's super unique. I love everything that he does. I'm a big fan. But when it comes to the AEW, AEW championship, I feel like there's some things that just should should be sacred uh, because then you get into like the comedy territory. And I just feel like, you know, it's hard to come back from that once you've kind of crossed over into that. I mean, I, mean, I would say that, that, you know, the AEW championship has been defended on an impact pay-per-view. So I don't know well, how much lower you can comedy. get Yikes. <laughs> yeah, Yikes. The, the other thing, too, is like with him, he's, I mean, I don't really see him as a comedy act. That might sound weird. To some, he doesn't really speak and make people laugh or anything like that. He's, I mean, I, I take it's him seriously. Blatant, mean, it's not blatant comedy. Yeah, you take him seriously. He's but like it deadpan, is, yeah. If anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, I would love it if he's he's like wearing the title and instead of putting his hands in his like pockets, he puts his hands like behind the title while he's wearing it on his face. <laughs> Maybe he'll, yeah, that'd be I mean, cool. It'd be, it'd be, I mean, they're not going to do it, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I could be it's wrong. A, it's might. a triple threat. You could always do something where he wins it on some sort of fluke and, and pins yeah. back. And you could have Kenny get it back the next Wednesday on, on Dynamite yeah. just to pop a rating, you know. And yeah. like you said, Sheen, the fact that they have been so conservative with their championship belt and it's been nothing but long, like, you know, prestigious reigns. Um, I think that would be something different to switch it up and just every once in a blue moon mix in one of those fluke reigns like like Kane in 98 or something like that, where somebody yeah. wins it and then almost immediately loses it back. Yeah. Um, should be a great match either way. It's three awesome, entertaining uh, performers who brings all bring something different to the ring. The other big uh, double or nothing development was that we were getting Stadium Stampede Part Two with the Inner Circle and um, with the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle. So, Marco, you think they're going to be able to top the OG? Um, man, that's tough. Um, the first one had a lot of a lot of great characters in it, um, especially with like the like the Elite. And being who they are and being kind of like comedic in that way. I don't it really see that. It was so pinnacle. much fun. The stadium yeah. stampede match was amazing. I don't they care kinda, what anyone yeah. says. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to top it in, in the entertainment part of it, where it's like, you know, you know, being like wacky and yes. stuff like that. But I think definitely they might step it up when it comes to like the level of violence that it is. They have, they definitely have to make it different. They can't make like a, they can't have like a, like a, another comedy type of, Stadium Stampede, they have to change it up a little bit. So yeah, I think I it'll be, I a, little think be a little bit more serious. serious. Yeah, because the yeah. Elite, they've always done a lot of comedy, going back to like the being the Elite series on YouTube. So they've mm-hmm. always been kind of meta and had the the comedy built into their stuff. Um, yeah. I, so I was out of the country for the first one. I actually only saw a few highlight clips of it. Was there actually fans at Daly's Place for the no. event when the first no. one happened? Or it was completely empty? Completely empty, empty yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's what I'm, I'm wondering if this one, if they will, if it's going to be a straight up cinematic match where they, they take 
tape it ahead of time or if they do something where, you know, they start off in the stadium, then work their way back to the ring in front of the live fans. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they play that. I don't one. know. I mean, this this was like out in the middle of the stadium. Like it was like they both teams started. They started in the ring, didn't they, Marco, for yeah. the match? They both yeah. like both teams started in the ring and then it just kind of like broke out into chaos and there was mm. just madness throughout the whole stadium. Yeah, I mean, this, so the stadium's like right there within walking distance to Daly's Place. I mean, it's like Daly's Place is... I, I think it's like right next to the Jaguar Stadium, if uh, if I'm correct on that. So that yeah, you could, I can see you it could with do fans coming live. back. Yeah, that they would they would need to do some spots in the um, in the actual Daly's place because yeah, yeah people aren't going to just want to watch on the screen the whole time. I'm, I'm thinking you do something like the Hollywood Backlot Brawl at WrestleMania 12, where it starts in the stadium and then they work their way to the ring. And if you did it like that, you could even tape the stadium part because nobody would really know. You know, you could do yeah. the stuff in the stadium and then just uh, you know. Have, have them suddenly they were just all the over the stadium, though. I mean, it, oh, the, yeah. the stuff that was happening last year was just so good. freaking bananas. Bar, I mean, the, like they had the Matt Hardy fight. was yeah trying to drown people, and yeah, he, just, yeah. I remember in the uh, in the Chickies last year, that match got a few write-in votes for match of the year, so it definitely yeah. made a, made an impact with all the viewers. So yeah, the so bars, back when uh, the Hangman was broken his his drunk gimmick, and he was hanging out at the bar, and you know. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the the other cool thing was that well actually that's the other thing. There's no Matt Hardy in this one. So yeah, you Matt can't Hardy. be like all zany and wacky and do all these like crazy things and he was he was getting drowned by uh was it Ortiz was drowning him? Yeah. And every time he came up yes. it was a different version of Matt Hardy. That's right. Matt was getting drowned. That's right. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking he was he doing came, the yeah. Yeah, he came out as version one, he came out as <laughs> Matt Hardy. He came yeah, it was it was hilarious. Yeah, so it's going to be a great show, and we are definitely looking forward to it Memorial Day weekend. Up next, we're going to take it outside the squared circle. Marco, did you get a chance to watch Dark Side of the Ring, Brian Pillman? I did. I watched I watched back-to-back docs. I watched that and the, and the Booker T. I was all mm. documentaried out by the, yeah, <laughs> by the end of that. We're definitely in the golden age for, uh, for wrestling documentaries right now. Uh, Sheena, why don't you just give us some of your overall thoughts on the episode? First of all, Melanie's a garbage human. Um, yeah, yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Was I'm bad. sorry. Y'all, y'all thought I, I shot hard on Eva Marie last last week. I, Melanie, yeah. if I if I just could open up right now and say all the things that I really wanted to say, you could just, just tell from the moment, like her body language and everything, from the moment she came on the screen, like yeah, this is just not a good person. She's yeah. just not a good person. And you know, I I you know, based on the things that she was saying, I I do feel like she feel some remorse and some guilt for like the things that have, you know, transpired in the past. But the fact that those were, that that she was even capable of just like the manipulation and like all of the craziness, uh, it just is mind is mind blowing. Um, and then, you know, all the stuff with the kids, like that's as a parent, that kind of stuff is very, very, very difficult to watch. Um, so yeah, it was crazy. You know, I just, I guess I never realized like how much, I mean, I always knew Brian Pillman was like a little bit troubled. Right. But I guess as a kid, you just never really realize how, troubled someone actually is and all that stuff like with his childhood like all those surgeries and all the stuff that he had like you just don't realize like how much trauma he experienced before he even became a wrestler you know and then it just you know feel like everything just escalated so yeah it was it was a pretty wild watch a pretty tough one and definitely one to kick off the season to keep you interested you know yeah 
Yeah, I, I've always been a huge Brian Pillman fan. I still don't think he gets the credit he deserves for really kind of kickstarting the whole style of, um, you know, promos and just really kind of the style of gimmicks that wrestlers would go to in the Attitude Era because his loose cannon stuff was so ahead of its time when he started doing that there in, uh, in late 1995. And he yeah. just really got cut down in his prime with that car accident. Uh, mm. Marco, what was some of your key takeaways from the episode? Um, I was actually going to say that he was definitely the... You want to say one of the maybe even the the forefather of uh of the attitude era if you want to go that route just like, yeah I agree you know just saying those things like the uh, when he had that match with Kevin Sullivan and he called him Booker Man like and people yes. were like what the hell yeah. is that and then you had to read it up and they're like oh my god they, he books matches like that type of stuff and just like I I think the other thing too is like obviously he has this he had this crazy gimmick that he was doing in ring and then like he had everyone like not sure if it was real on the outside, even Steve Austin was like, I had no clue if I never asked him if he was like really like that or mm-hmm. he was just doing that for show. But it seems like he, he, he was just like a, uh, uh, genuine dude, like a nice guy. Um, yeah. Good person. I mean, obviously he, and he was family a family man, all the things family like, you man, know, him yeah. being a dad, like, yeah, it was just like yep. he, these kids, it, like he just brought, he just took care of kids that, you know, like all of his kids together. I just thought that was so awesome. You know? Yeah, and, I, and I think like the, one of my takeaways too with him was like, it seemed like if he he got taken advantage of a lot um, in the sense, obviously with the garbage human being of a yeah. person he was with, um, sure, they sure. took like kind of like his kindness for weakness Granted, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Even 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 in wrestling, even his professional career, like giving him all these like you know uh, main event matches and then just pulling it away from him, like you know just like he's been he was strung along a lot throughout his life with uh, with just different opportunities and then them getting taken away in some form of fashion. So um, I think if he was really living that gimmick, <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually turned out that way. If that was like a, if that was a thing, cause yeah, well, you I know, mean, they say like, you know, the best characters are your own personality, just like turned yeah. up to a thousand. Right. Yeah, so I mean, it, there, there is a part of him that is that just, you know, crazy loose cannon. Yeah. And he had, he had just like a, his look too. Like it was, it was a, it was just perfect for that, that time mm-hmm. in the nineties. Like obviously he kind of had that, like that, like Kirk Cobain, uh, type of look into that like grunge type of like like yeah. anti-establishment uh, type of thing too, and like um, just and like when they the showed that pop awesome, up, man. the the voice, oh, yeah, so memorable the raspy too. the raspy voice, like the uh, the ECW when he showed up at ECW, he, like that crowd popped like crazy. Um, it, I don't know, it's just it was just watching. It obviously it makes you sad because obviously he's no longer with us. Um, but what could have been um, if he was still alive? Like, how yeah. much influence would he have had? In, in like the Monday Night Wars, essentially, like if he was still around, like during like like that time where it was like, um, where it was I like got the height, essentially. Yeah, because he probably and, uh, would have ended up on the creative team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because Jim, he was Jim Ross always had a soft spot for him, so <laughs> I think they would have brought him in behind the scenes. He had such a great mind for the business, anyways. Um, yeah, he he definitely would have made a gigantic impact if he would have. You know, if it would have stuck around yeah. a little while longer. And the thing that you, you know, I, something else, same thing, you know, when we watched the Owen documentary, you just take for granted how young these guys actually were when they, yeah. you know, tragically passed away. You know, I mean, Brian Pillman's my age, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm just now getting started with life, you know, and yep. to think that, you know, when you're younger and you hear of a 35 year old getting, you know, something happening to them, you're like, oh, well, he's a grown up or he's, you know, yeah, an he had older, a nice he's an older, yeah, he's an older yeah. person <laughs> at, at 30, he's 35, Jesus, you know, he's, yeah, lived, lived a crazy life. Um, but yeah, hearing it now is just like very jarring. Like, oh yeah. damn, can you imagine? Like, you know, thirty-five year old passing away. Like, that's insane. Yeah, 
It was a great start to season three. Uh, Marco, mm-hmm. what episode are you most excited for this season? Oh, man. As much as I hate, yeah, as much as I don't want to watch it, probably the Ultimate Warrior one, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to see what if they have anything new to say or uh, how, how deep they go, what, what the subject matter is going to be on, because we may not even... That's the thing about Dark Side of the Ring. You never know what angle they're going to take. Yeah, I wonder um, if it's going to be about, you know, the early 90s and all his run-ins with Vince and everything, or if they're going to talk about his, you know, his time as a political commentator, which, yeah. you know, caused a lot of controversy as well. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. His, uh, his, 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 the Warrior uh, University, if they, if they get into that at all. Yeah, you got to learn the power of distrusticity or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious at what what uh because they they're not really they haven't really said much about it. Yeah, it's just so Ultimate not, Warrior. That's it. Yeah, so who knows what what it's going to be? I'm, like I said, I'm, that's that's the one I don't want to watch, but I do want to watch at the same time. So for me, it's uh, Collision in Korea. That was the yeah. joint WCW and New Japan show that took place yep. in North Korea in the early '90s. Uh, you know, North you can never really trust anything coming out of North Korea, but supposedly almost like two hundred thousand people were at this pro wrestling show. It's not on the WWE network. I've never actually seen any footage from it, but you know, I'm a I'm an Intel specialist. That's what I do in my day job. So I've always had a, a pretty strong interest in North Korea and everything going on there. It's just such a mysterious country with so much shit that we don't even know that happens there. Um, so I'm really looking forward to hearing some of the people's experience from actually going behind the the borders of this, you know, this just closed off country and hear what it was like going and wrestle there. Uh, Sheena, you got anything you're excited for? Yeah, I think I'm excited to see Dynamite Kid. I think I want to see what what angle they're going to go with for for that. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, that would be good. He's he's got a lot of uh, skeletons in his closet too. So can't wait. I hope Dark Side of the Ring is around for many many more years because it's it's definitely um, opened our eyes to some topics that we didn't quite know about, and then shed new light on some of the ones that we thought we were really familiar with. let that uh that jazz flute run a little bit this week oh yeah marco it's time for the beverage break what are you sipping on brother oh oh man i picked up something new um that just caught my eye it was very it's a fluorescent it was like the design is fluorescent lighting um like it's a fluorescent sign it's called love and wrestling okay Um, wow it's a it's a double dry hopped uh new england uh double ipa um it's a lot of doubles yeah, it's a uh, it's uh, from the Mayflower Brewing Company. Um, yeah, I was just reading up on it. Um, it's actually it's a uh, wheat and oats um, mixed with Citra Amarillo uh, notes, as well as orange, lime, pine, grapefruit, and cantaloupe too. So it's uh, I, I, it's it's really the first thing I actually when I stepped it, I was like, this is kind of this is a sweet tasting uh, double IPA. So. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's uh, love and wrestling, which is like I said, I love love and I love wrestling. So why not drink the drink? <laughs> All right, <laughs> Sheena, what are you drinking? So I'm drinking. I actually got this at uh, Back Bay Brewing Company. I went to the little farmer's market over at a brewing company um, on Mother's Day and picked up a nice little four pack of brews. This is uh, Yokozuna's favorite beer, if you didn't know. It is the Bonsai. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) it's a uh, ghost style (laughs) ale brewed with yuzu, fuyu persimmon, matcha green tea, um, and it's aged on oak. So it's good. You know, I've been drinking them goes 
lately and they are, I'm here for it. I I love the, the kind of citrusy sour element that they're giving me. Yeah, I, I enjoy a nice sour beer as well. I'm keeping it basic this week, drinking a good old Miller White, the unofficial beer of the Chick Foley show. Let's get into some WWE action now that we're on the other side of the beverage break. Uh, the less said about Raw, the better, but we will touch on yeah. uh, some of the reviews, we've, uh, some of the returns we've had over the past week. So we had four big ones, uh, Jinder Mahal, Jimmy Uso, Nikki Cross, and Bobby Fish. Sheena, which one of those four are you most excited for? Oh, I'm all for the expansion of the family. I want, you know, Jimmy Uso coming back into the picture is only going to make things more interesting for, um, you know, Team Roman, the tribal chief, the head of the table. So got to be Jimmy. We don't know if it's going to expand the family or not, though. They have a little bit of uh, family turmoil. Yeah. They're yeah, yeah, but I mean, but they he also had family turmoil with Jay in the beginning and Jay eventually submitted, you know, so I think it's just it's only a matter of time before Jimmy's going to fall Jimmy, Jimmy acknowledges him. Yeah. And he did end up helping, trying to help out Roman, even though he got laid out by uh, th- Cesaro. I, yeah, I think it's going to be total opposite. I think he's going to not fall in line with Roman, but but um, be with his brother. I think he's just going to do it for his brother. He's gonna, what, are you do, what are you doing following him, dude? Yeah. yeah. What are you doing yeah, think, acknowledging what are you him? Doing, what are you acknowledging him, bro? Yeah, yeah. So I think he's just going to, you know, like, you know, play it off like I'll fall in line. But okay. it's really just to protect his brother. Yeah. Um, because I've been I've been hearing rumblings. You think it's going to come down to Jimmy versus Jay? You know, well, like it's eventually uh, going cool. uh, yeah, to lead to so, uh, brother versus brother. So I've been reading the dirt sheets. Apparently, they're oh looking at another title run, um, SmackDown tag team titles. You uh, know, it, cool as, if, as excited as it, I would be excited for that in theory, if I thought for one blue second that WWE gave two shits about tag team wrestling but <laughs> they don't so the fact that they would even you know like it, it would just be a throwaway it would actually mean nothing so well, they do care I, about I they that. do care about roman reigns and i think that could be a cool storyline if like marco predicted like jimmy's not cool with roman and jay is but yet they still end up you know winning the tag team belts so you have like jay kind of caught in the middle between you know his cousin and his brother uh, I think it could be some interesting storytelling. True, but, but I mean, yeah. I'm just I'm kind of over the 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 factions just coming in and like, oh, now we have all the gold, you know? Like it's it's been it's a little bit played out. They did it with the Hurt Business. We've done it with you know Undisputed Era. It's just kind of like, all right, so now we're gonna have Roman's faction come in and have tag championships and a world title. Like, boring. Yeah, I think I still think Uso is your best tag team in the world. So I I got no problem with them uh, yeah. going after the belts. I mean, what what are our other options? Chad Gable and Otis. No, but I mean, True. what's the point of having belts if you're not, I mean, you don't have any interesting title defenses, you know, exactly. You're going to be facing freaking Gable and whoever. There's there's some decent tag teams on SmackDown, you know, we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm in, in, I am uh, intrigued by the SmackDown Tag Championship this week on uh, Backlash. I think it's going to be yeah. pretty good. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm always a fan of seeing the Usos do well. Uh, I kind of... I really just kind of want Jimmy to fall in line. I, I've always wanted to see yeah, uh, Roman and the Usos as like a, a main event level faction. They teased it a little bit right after WrestleMania 32 when they were feuding with AJ and Gallows and Anderson. But then Roman got suspended and they never really came back together um, after that. So it's something I've been wanting to see for a few years. Dude, they would just be so badass and they just look so good. You know, like they all just like look, they just have that vibe to them. And I'm, I'm here for the freaking like Samoan family just well, running shit. So Jimmy's older, right? The Jay. I mean, they're, they're older. twins. They're yeah. twins. So. I mean, like technically a little bit older, essentially, because they can play off of that. 
as well. You know, like like <laughs> he's brother. in the middle. Yeah, he's like big brother. You gotta listen. You'd be like, brother. I hope, I wish you died in the womb. <laughs> no, not that. We're not going that road. The other cool thing about that storyline is that it led to uh, Roman and Seth facing off. You know that that really kind of set the internet wrestling community abuzz because they haven't had a whole lot of straight up face to face interaction. I thought that was really well done how they did it. Uh, you saw Seth was the first person who's really been able to just kind of run up on Roman and address yeah. him as an equal and not have to go through Paul or go through Jay. So I thought that was cool how WWE definitely didn't, you know, just ignore all the history that those two guys they had together. It. Yeah, they yeah. acknowledged it. Uh, and yeah. I, I saw a lot of people already tweeting out, yeah, let's go ahead and pencil that in for the SummerSlam main event this year. So that'd be pretty cool, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. Roman has other business to attend to before you even think about going up back up against yeah. Seth. And getting to SummerSlam. Uh, Marco, which one of those returns are you most hyped for? Oh, man. Um, definitely gender, right? Gender Mahal. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, Jimmy was the uh, definitely the big pop for me. Um, I do love Bobby Fish returning as well because that's an interesting dynamic as well because we really haven't heard from him at all since this whole the whole Undisputed Era debacle happened. Yeah, he said up, he's got so. other business to attend yeah, to. And I was kind of like, like what, kinda what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe Adam. Maybe Adam Cole, man. He has some questions. Know. Yeah, I, I guess he probably at least asking, like, dude, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What happened? Um, yeah. So I'm going yeah, for five minutes. <laughs> I know what the, But he's the other thing too. I was actually like, I was saying this uh, to my wife, and I was like, because she was watching too. I was like. I was like, he's. I feel like he's just going to get injured again and disappear. He's been gone. He always I feel gets like, injured. Yeah, I feel like I've seen Bobby Fish like <laughs> five times in the last two years. You know. Yeah, it's he's never I just, here. I don't want to get like I, I am hyped that he's back, but I don't want to get too invested because I have a feeling he's probably just going to get injured again and then disappear off a of TV. Marco, while, tell so us we'll tell us about this uh, this SummerSlam in Madison Square Garden rumor. You know, I hadn't seen it anywhere, but we know you're the king of the dirt sheets out of the three of us. So, tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, so I think from what I've seen, I think it's, they're kind of playing off of what, you know, Double or Nothing is doing because they're going full capacity at Daly's Place. Or, you know, they're, they're filling it up with fans. But that's in um, Florida. Yes, exactly. Um, but summer, but New York will be fully open in July. July 1st, they're supposedly New York State is fully opening okay. um, back to regular. I'll believe it when normal. I see it, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean that's that's what is it they're saying in the news. I don't know. It's I'm just I'm just a messenger. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> just an advocate. I'm just, just an, an advocate. advocate. I'm just, I'm a, just messenger. an advocate. I'm just an advocate. Uh, but anyway, uh, but yeah. The, so w, so there are rumors that WWE is looking at Madison Square Garden um, as the big big return, the big uh, the big return to fans being in attendance, full capacity. I said I'm not like I said. New York's going to be open, so I'm assuming full capacity will happen. Uh, but imagine how crazy it would be Madison Square Garden, SummerSlam 2021, just full of fans, rabid WWE fans, just Those cheering on that. will be yeah. out of control, man. Tickets to yeah. MSG house are already high. So, yeah, these things are definitely going to be, uh, you know, ra- raised up like the business end of a giraffe for sure, man. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you can get uh, tickets to Double or Nothing and uh, the Dynamite beforehand for 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's w- a- if you live in Jacksonville and you're a wrestling fan, this last year has had to have been such a blessing, you know, in spite of all the other bullshit we've all been forced to deal with. The fact that you've been able to see all this amazing wrestling for like 20 bucks a show live and in person would just be amazing. 
I mean, again, I mean, obviously, yes, it's Madison Square Garden. The tickets are going to be crazy. But at the same time, it's WWE and AEW. One's a, a publicly traded mm. multi-billion dollar company mm. gosh, <laughs> that gosh, people want to go pal. see. Wow. wow. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, well, Marco I'm not saying shoots anything. Hard, Marco shoots hard on AEW. I'm not saying <laughs> anything that people don't know. I mean, AEW's flourishing. I mean, they can get away with selling tickets for like 20, 30 bucks right now. Right. But I mean, when it comes to the big leagues, maybe they need to WWE, upcharge so they can afford some, yeah. you know, some metal for their, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah I didn't I even add, yeah, I didn't add that to the notes this week, but uh, Chris Jericho had a, had an answer about that. What, what was his answer? I saw that headline come through, but I've been so busy at work this week that I didn't get a chance to click on it. What, what was Jericho's response he, to the critics? He basically said, he'll, like, obviously, that was it was a dangerous thing, right. um, him doing that, and he'll never do it again, essentially. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't, basically, he doesn't understand why everyone's making a big deal out of it. That is, well, I a, think it was just the bad camera angles, man. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? We wanted to believe in the illusion that, yeah, this dude is falling, you know, 15 feet off the top of a steel cage, and they just, they killed the illusion for us. Yeah, yeah, I think the, it, it, the yeah, cameras they at AEW have been not great yeah, at, they, at making you suspend your disbelief. Yeah, for sure. I don't think true wrestling fans like you know, like I watch like sometimes it, my mom will be sitting with me watching wrestling and she'll like you know she'll point out if like a kick barely lands or a punch kind of misses. True wrestling fans never do that. You know what I mean? I think if true wrestling fans, we don't really go out of our way to look for kind of like the seams in the action or whatever. We're all good to suspend our disbelief and just watch it. But they they took that option away from us whenever. Yeah. It literally like the first camera angle you see is cardboard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like I think the the other thing too is that they kept that wide shot of him just falling off and not like actually showing him like hit. I think that would have like you said, fed to the illusion of him actually falling yeah. that height. Um yeah, but the other him, thing let him fall down into like a pit or something where we can't see him for a little bit, like what uh Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly did at NXT, you know, when they went through yeah. the, the walkway. Do that yeah. where we just left to speculate, like, you know, we're thinking these guys are laying in just a heap of broken bones down at, uh, at the bottom of the ramp. Yeah, if they just made it I mean the the other thing was the metal thing too. That's the other that's what kind of killed it as well. But I think everyone has that like, you know, the visions of uh, Mick Foley falling off the cage and crashing through the table. And then like, if you remember uh, uh, Taz and Bam Bam, yeah, uh, when Taz had the Taz mission, they fall through the stage like that, that type. I think, I think us fans have that, like the older fans have those visions yeah, yeah. and they were done. So, I mean, I mean the Mick Foley fall wasn't supposed to be done well, but the, <laughs> the other one was yeah. like done to perfection. Um, it was a wide angle shot. You just seen them fall into the abyss and that was it. Did they do that recently too with, uh, they did that with was it Mox and Kenny right during the, the what they, there was a match where someone fell they, through something. They went through barbed wire, Mox and Kenny. So yeah. it was like it was legit. I mean, they legit yeah. went through some some barbed wire, um, and it looked painful. Even yeah. like at WrestleMania 32 when Shane went off top of the hell in the cell against Undertaker. I mean, even that looked okay. I mean, it was a super oh, yeah. safe spot because you know yeah. he landed flat or as safe as that could be. They had a they had a crash pad underneath the table. I'm okay, yeah. But WWE okay was able to pads. shoot it creatively to make it. Like I said, we could just buy into what was happening. You know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the other big news as far as WWE goes, or, you know, WWE slash NXT is that TakeOver In Your House is coming back for the second straight year. I'm super yeah. stoked about this. I'm a new generation era kid. So even though that 
era gets kind of critically panned. I always yeah, like love everything from that. It's like the stepchild that. of WWE, but it, there's some really good shit in there, pal. Yeah, there oh, really yeah. is. I feel like it's I feel like it's aged really well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's been more it's been received better in the the you know more recent years. The '90s nostalgia has come back. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm I'm glad to see the old school in your house come back again. I'm told I'm all for that being a yearly thing. Uh, Marco, I'll kick it to you first, man. What's your all time favorite in your house match? Oh man! Oh, actually, we can't forget the the host, the Sierra. Todd, uh, yeah, Todd Todster's Pen- coming back. That made me the even. Todster. That made me pop. I was like, oh my god! Because the last he showed week, up uh, last year, though, didn't he? he well, he a- he did kind of like uh, like vignette, like kind of like a he's cameo. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. cameos throughout it. But I think this is like he's going to actually be there this time. Like he's hosting it, so. Hopefully he's uh, maybe there's he's hopes that we can get a uh, a Todd Pettengill build a figure or something. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, we need that. <laughs> Why haven't we gotten that? <laughs> I think because most people like, hate Todd Pettengill. Hey, no, we need, an, leave, no, we need leave, an ultimate. Leave the man no. alone, dude. He he, he the, Todd Pettengill is an icon. <laughs> no, we need an ultimate. We need a Todd Pettengill. We need ultimate. an ultimate. <laughs> we need a uh, we need a Doc Hendricks yeah. ultimate too. Just like those should be the next two in a, in a series of ultimates. He, he was the voice <laughs> of a generation. Okay, the Livewire Ultimate yep. Two. That's what they need to do. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, my favorite match. Um, damn, there's so many good ones. Um, and I equate, I equate like the in your house pay per view, so like kind of like the lost tapes of uh, WWE, kind of like the uh, like the like the unsung heroes of uh, yeah, exactly. Preparation um, because there's really good matches on there. Um, I, this is always my go to. It definitely has to be uh, Shawn Michaels, Mankind. Oh, you yeah. bitch! That's mine. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah. I, well, I was gonna go with uh, I was gonna go with <laughs> I was gonna go with uh, Good Friends, Better Enemies. I was uh, thinking of Diesel that with Shawn, Shawn and Diesel. But um, no, definitely Mick Foley and uh, or Bret Hart and Diesel too. That would have been a, a good pick as well. But um, no, definitely Mick Foley or Mankind at the time. And Shawn yeah. Michaels. It's and then, so it's so good, isn't it? Like yeah. I, I, Seth always makes fun of me for how how much I love that match because it's well, just literally like you know thirty minutes of them yeah. just beating yeah. the piss and out of each Mick other. Mick Foley said it's his favorite match he ever had. Though yeah, the most remarkable thing about it is Mick Foley is hanging with like a in your in, in his prime Shawn Michaels. That's a, like the most amazing thing about it. Like. Yeah, he he's almost coming like off this feud with Shawn the Undertaker Michaels. for like the previous year, you know, and then he gets in the freaking, you know, fight with the champ. I, I yeah. just, I just love everything about it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's amazing. It's hard hitting. It's action packed. It is just, in his best shape. They were both like in their best like shape at the time too, as yeah, well. Yeah, and I love that version of mankind. You know, I just love yeah. that just like crazy lunatic like version of mankind where you just didn't know what was going to happen. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's wonderful. So yeah, that. uh that match, the other thing that like really shows you how great it is, is that match ended in a total schmoz. We ended yes. up with interference from Vader. Vader came Psycho in. Psycho Sid, yeah. The Undertaker. Uh, but yet it still was like almost universally praised. You know, you, you normally would, a lot of people would kind of shit on a match if it had that kind of non-finish. But mm-hmm. yeah, that match was just excellent. HBK was at his peak and, and it was one of the best performances that Mick Foley ever had. So yeah, nothing wrong with that one. Um, yeah. Sheena, you got a second choice, or Marco stole your answer? He stole. He stole my answer. <laughs> I'm gonna have to contemplate if I'm gonna come up with the second one. But yeah, he stole my answer. So, so I'm like, I gotta go with mind games. I'm gonna go with a deep cut. Um, 
first off, I'll say the Bad Blood was still technically a In Your House show, but I don't really consider that In Your House. Once they started getting kind of the individual names, I go away from it. Because I would say Sean and Undertaker Hell in the Cell, but I'm not going to count yeah. that one. Um, when I think In Your House, I think of all the quirky matches that were on the mid cards of those shows. So if you go back and just look at, go to the Wikipedia, for start with the first In Your House and go through them. Look at some of the uh, the undercard matches. Um and there's some crazy stuff on there. So I'm going to hit you guys with a deep cut before I give my real answer. Mm. Bret Hart versus Jean-Pierre Lafitte. It was at In Your House, September 1995. This was where this was the one where the main event was the uh, the tag champs versus Shauna Diesel as the uh, the world intercontinental champ. But on the mid card was Jean-Pierre Lafitte, the pirate going up against Bret Hart. You know, the storyline was that the Jean-Pierre had stole Bret Hart's leather jacket. He actually wore it to the ring and they just had a hell of a performance. Uh, for those that don't know, Jean-Pierre Lafitte is better known in modern times as PCO. Just a 50 year old madman on the indie scene. Who's really been kind of wrecking shit. He was actually the ring of honor champion a few years ago. Uh, but yeah, check that one out from September 95, Brett and Jean-Pierre Lafitte, but the actual best match in, in your house history. can't believe neither one of you guys brought this up was uh no canadian stampede with the oh, uh the man. heart foundation i mean i don't LOD, know why that always it, it, shamrock I mean, it's kind of, steve austin and gold it's dust. Like, yeah it's kind of a weird it's a weird match it's definitely not one of those just like that you just remember yeah I, the stadium stamp or the stadium stampede the stampede <laughs> um yeah that's really awesome and that's a really awesome pay-per-view it's only four matches on it you got triple h and mankind um vader and the undertaker and takamichinoku and the great suzuki for the uh the lightweight championship and then the 10 man i just that crowd when the heart foundation comes out is just that's as over as over gets you know that yeah. pop when brett comes out is just like i mean it had to just like bust your eardrums if you're there in the building so yeah that one's uh that one's my pick for my favorite in your house match all right ladies and gentlemen it's time uh, let's get ready to rumble. We are here for the latest round of the Chick Foley Show Prediction Championship. Marco, are you ready to defend your belt? Always ready. Let's uh, do this. All right. Always, so, ma- always ready, Marco Denton. <laughs> Sheena, as the uh, challenger, you will be picking first. And our first match is the Lumberjack match. Okay. Damian Priest versus The Miz. Okay, so I'll first want to say that this match... For, okay, can we just, first of all, before we get into this, we need to talk about the WrestleMania backlash. We talked about it on the show before, the fact that they call it WrestleMania backlash, oh, which is which is repug. Yeah, it's terrible. I it, I've been calling it backlash. I don't know if I actually said WrestleMania backlash at all tonight. You but. haven't. Yeah, you haven't said WrestleMania backlash, but that's the official name is WrestleMania backlash, and it's yep. awful. Um, I, I feel like backlash pay-per-view as a whole is kind of like... Uh, garbage pay-per-view just because i feel like it doesn't really it it allows you to at wrestlemania not feel like oh my god this is amazing like they just ended this feud like because you know there's going to be backlash and you know it's going to be it's, them a, just it's the leftovers up. the next day you're microwaving them it's never going to yeah. be as good as the original though it's not even the leftovers the next day it's like if you just like threw the leftovers in the bottom of the fridge and forgot about them then you get them out a month later <laughs> you know what i so mean we, like that I'll defend the good name of Backlash. It did not used to be like this. Backlash originally, you would typically have your main event would be something kind of spinning out from the main event at WrestleMania. It wasn't always necessarily a straight up rematch, but it would be something kind of playing off of it. And then the rest of it was kind of like, you know, your season premiere. You're starting all your new storylines for the next year. But yeah, yeah, the last the last three or four years, though, it's been just like straight up. 
we're going to rehash everything from WrestleMania minus the, you know, the part-timers and stuff. Yes, Backlash should be where they are literally introducing what is coming for the next year. Like, you know, the yeah. WrestleMania for the, for the next wrestling season, right? I, I consider WrestleMania the end of the WrestleMania season or the wrestling season and then we're starting new. So it should be like, yeah, maybe we have like an interaction, but we should create all new feuds, we should shake things up. It should be like a fresh start across the board. Ex- like but now we're just getting, like you said, the leftovers. And it just feels like, eh. I mean, and we're going to watch it. We'll probably enjoy a few things about it. But it's nothing that I feel like is like must-watch television. Um, that being said, we're getting Damian Priest versus The Miz in a Lumberjack match. Um, sadly, I really enjoyed the WrestleMania match between, you know, Miz and Morrison and Damian and Bad Bunny. But now I'm thinking like... I'm just wishing Bad Bunny was here. I'm like, I wish Bad Bunny was coming back for this match because it would be so much more fun. Um, that being said, I'm going to go with Damian Priest. I think, um, you know, they have big plans, big plans for Damian Priest, and I don't see him uh, beating The Miz. And I think The Miz is, kind, you know, they got something brewing. You know, him and Morrison got a little something-something happening, and I feel like there's about to be tension between those guys. So I think Damian is going to, um, you know, Morrison might cost Miz the, the match or something, and then you know, they could really kick off, kick off their feud. And uh, Damien's going to go over. All right, Marco, over to you. Yeah. I mean, Damien Priest is going to win. That's like a no brainer. Um, it's as good as a Miz is, as and he was a former champion recently. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, we forget that little blip in time. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. De- yeah. Definitely Damien Priest. It's a, it's all the makings for him to win. It's a lumberjack match. Um, like Sheena mentioned, there's something brewing with, John Morrison, something could happen um, since there are so many like factors, uh, meaning the lumberjacks that could make it happen. So, yeah, definitely Damien Priest. So I feel like you guys are ignoring recent history. Um, what is an NXT call up without uh, the main roster completely botching all their momentum and shutting them down? Plus, it's a lumberjack <laughs> match. There's a lot of room yeah. for, for fuck shit to for go down. Yeah. And. I think something's going to go down. Maybe, you know, I could even see him as how, how bad would this be if, you know, all this dissension between the Miz and, Mor- and Miz and Morrison is just a swerve and, you know, Morrison helps, uh, you know, helps Miz mm. win. Uh, and we're yeah. right back where we started with these guys. So I think well, I can see Miz WWE doing that 1000%. Yeah, I don't so feel good about Miz. this, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with both you guys and say, are these your official picks for the Chick-fil-A no, show? No, no, no. I'm just offering league? my analysis. So oh, the, no, no. One advantage, <laughs> one advantage <laughs> that everybody, so one advantage that uh, you guys, are, you guys are locked in. So that's the one advantage, you know, Hey, you guys get to be the, the superstars of this little universe that we've built. Uh, but the one disadvantage for everybody else in the Foley Picks League, you guys get a little bit of a uh, a head start because picks aren't due until Sunday at noon. So you guys can uh, kind of hear what these these so-called experts have to say on the show and then use that to base your, uh, <laughs> your predictions off of. But yeah, so these will so-called be... Uh, experts. Yeah. The, you know, I, I mean, I guess you guys can change. If something happens between now and Sunday, you guys can change. But you guys at least got to tip your hand a little bit on, uh, okay. on where you're leaning. For, for All your right. Picks. All right, let's get on to the next match. So this is going to be the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. We're going to see the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, which I really hope we get some figures of these guys and their Dirty Dogs look. It's just it's such a kind of a throwback tag team look. I love the fact that they got matching gear. You know, I, I can't stand it when two singles guys come together yes. and they just do whatever. You know, they keep their singles looks. So I really hope we get some Dirty Dogs Elite sometime soon because I'm big fans of both these guys. But I do not got a good feeling for them on Sunday. They are going up against Ray and mm-hmm. Dominic Mysterio. 
Hmm. Marco, you're up first on this one. Man, I think uh, I think I think Sheena and I might be very drawn down the line on this card, except for this one. Oh, we'll see, I'm not sure um, who she's gonna pick, but I'm gonna go with the Mysterios. Mm. I think they're I think they're gonna win. I think uh, I mean the the dirt. I mean, not not nothing against them too. They're they're great SmackDown champions, but I mean. They're not a, a draw in the sense that, you know, yeah. they're the Mysterios. You have Rey Mysterio and his son. That's like they're, a, they're not as Gucci as the Mysterios. Yeah. First yeah. time ever, I believe, father and son. Yeah, it, it is. First time happen. ever. We're, we are making history with this match. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, the Mysterios. It's funny. The, I don't know why you, why you thought that I wouldn't pick the Mysterios. Maybe because, you know. Of my my previous hate on the Dominic. Seth Rollins versus uh, Mysterio, yeah, <laughs> yep. and, the, and all the Dominic stuff, but um, I'm gonna go with the Mysterios too. I think mm. it's definitely a great way to push them, and I think I think they, you know, Rey Mysterio wouldn't have brought um, you know, Dominic into the picture if he didn't think that he was gonna do big things in WWE. So I feel like they're they're gonna win this, and then there's gonna be some there's gonna be some family tension, you know during this tag during this tag team run so uh we'll we'll see what happens but yeah i gotta go with the mysterios so i'm gonna go with the counterpoint again i feel like if you were gonna put the belts on the mysterios that uh that's a wrestlemania moment waiting to happen you know Mm -hmm. so if you weren't gonna do it at wrestlemania why do you do it at backlash i think they can't they can't drag that out till next WrestleMania. seriously you're telling me they can't drag out a ray mysterio story i'm not saying until (laughs) wrestlemania they could could drag you could get a couple months of pay-per-view matches out of it so don't tell me they can't drag out a ray mysterio i'm saying they shouldn't i I know they they can't learn that lesson they learned that lesson from last last year they're not doing that again with ray mysterio i think somehow (laughs) the dirty dogs i don't know if they win or if they lose by count out i think they escape with those belts i could actually see this title change happening on a smackdown you know what i mean i think they ray mysterio brings in the tv ratings i could see this maybe being a smackdown main event on a friday night but i do not think yeah. that uh the mysterious even with the belts on sunday here's what, here's what you're forgetting you're forgetting that it's on the peacock um and it's super major backed and it's and, and they're promoting it like crazy so it's kind of like a wrestlemania event Essentially, they put WrestleMania on before the word backlash, so it's kind of treated as like a big pay per view. <laughs> so I think they are going to go with the the newly crowned father son mm-hmm. tag team champs. So you think it's going to be a WrestleMania backlash moment? Yes, that's Got it. I okay, it. <laughs> I can see it. Oh man, I had my WrestleMania backlash moment. <laughs> Let's stick with uh, <laughs> with SmackDown and the Universal Championship match. You know, you're up first. The big dog, the head of the table, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, defending against Cesaro. I mean, are you really asking me this question? <clears throat> I I acknowledge one and only tribal chief, and it is it is Roman Reigns, and he is definitely not bowing down to the forever mid-carter Cesaro. <laughs> wow. Damn. Marco? Um, yeah, no, I made my mistake at WrestleMania um, and, and picked against. I didn't fall in line. With the uh, with the tribal chief, I did not better. acknowledge. I did not acknowledge him at all, and I should have. Uh, so this time around, I'm definitely uh, I'm falling in line. I'm like Jimmy Uso, and I'm acknowledging that uh, Roman Reigns will walk out. I'm not sure if he's going to smash Cesaro, 
like he's done no, with everyone else. I don't think else, it's going to, it's definitely not going to be a squash. Cesaro's going to put up yeah. a hell of a fight, and the actual match is probably going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, there's going to be um, a lot of shenanigans. There's going to be yeah. the Usos flying around everywhere. And I mean, it's it, the other thing too is you can, you can go Cesaro if you wanted to because you get Jimmy lingering around, not, not really feeling the, uh, the island. That uh, the tribal chief is running true, right now. But I mean, you've you've you literally know, had you Daniel Bryan, <laughs> you've had Edge, you've had all like all of these guys, and you're gonna let them? You're gonna give it to Cesaro? Well, you didn't you didn't have Jimmy as a as a factor in that in that sense. You didn't have him, you know, not really feeling what's going on with the uh, with the with the family at the moment. So who I'm knows? I'm just saying, if if Jimmy double crosses Roman Reigns. <laughs> He will rue the day. Cesaro brings out Jimmy Uso, Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Superfly Snuka. There is no scenario where he is Jimmy leaving. King. Yeah, He's our Jimmy, Jimmy King. King. Yeah, there is no scenario where he is leaving backlash with uh, Jimmy with Johns. I agree. Jimmy Johns. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. Well, Jimmy Johns. That may be a little Brock Lesnar hint. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Brock's the one that's going to take Roman down. But yeah, I agree with you guys. <laughs> Roman's leaving with that belt. All right, we're staying with SmackDown again before we head back over to the red side. Marco, you're up. The SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bianca Belair, her first title defense, going up against the role model, Bailey. Oh, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the EST of, uh, of WWE on this one. Um, it's in her first title defense, um, so I don't think she's going to lose it. She's not, she's not going to be a, a Sasha Banks in that sense where she wins and then loses it right away. That type of thing. I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna have a, a pretty long and healthy reign as the uh, SmackDown Women's Champion. So yeah, it'd be pretty shocking to see her drop the strap in her uh, her first defense. Sheena, what are you thinking on this one? Well, it's funny that you bring up Sasha Banks because she has nothing on this card. Mm. So she's it's, been conspicuous by her absence since uh, she, WrestleMania. Yeah, she's been missing. So I can totally imagine a scenario where she comes in and costs Bianca the the match against Bailey. We we know the history runs really deep um with yeah. Bailey and Sasha. So I mean I this is really tough because I'm talking myself into choosing Bailey when my heart is saying like or my head is saying Bianca. Um I'm gonna have to go with uh I'm gonna go with the EST. I gotta. I, it's mm, it, man. Jesus, just to let us yeah, down. I, I know. Like, I'm sorry. Listen, this is, if this if this wasn't for like I I, I got two t- two titles on the line here. You know, I got the the Chick Fil A Show Prediction Championship, and I got the Chick Fil A Pick League. So I feel like I need to be smart with my picks and not just like go with my gut sometimes. You know, because my I would love what I would love to see is is for Sasha to get involved. You know, and cost her the match, and you know. The, do the whole Bailey Sasha. I, I love that, you know, that their connection and everything. So, but I mean, my heart is telling me like, they're not going to take it off Bianca after that moment at WrestleMania. All right. Let's move back over to the red brand. The WWE. You didn't, you didn't choose really quickly. Who, who do you uh, think? Yeah, I think Bianca Belair is going to win. I just, I don't, I don't see her dropping the belt in her first title defense. She's got too much momentum right now. And Bailey had kind of been, Bailey's dead in the water for a couple months now since she yeah. lost the belt to Sasha. Uh, so WWE Championship match, we got Bobby Lashley defending a triple threat against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Sheena, you're up first. Um, I think 
the turtle head Bobby Lashley is <laughs> defending. I think there's no way, um, you know, Drew, I think they're going to kind of take him out of this picture and let him kind of just simmer maybe in the mid card, maybe, maybe start just like an interesting non-title feud with someone else. Um, I think Braun is going to be the fall guy for this clearly. And uh, yeah, long may he reign the, the turtle head Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Marco. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to address him correctly as the almighty, Bobby Lashley, not the turtle head, the almighty WWE champion, Bobby Lashley, um, is definitely, um, reigning and defending this matchup. Um, I, yeah, I think Sheena's right. I think, uh, I think Braun's probably going to be the fall guy and I think probably Bobby Lashley and Braun will probably feud over the title and Drew Lord will, have mercy on our yeah, souls. We'll, I mean, they, they feuded before. Remember they cracked. Exactly. They exactly. Cra- crazy. crazy they, had, they had one moment where they crashed through the freaking like screen and it was like, Oh wow, this is the best thing. And then it was just like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, but uh, Drew, yeah. I mean, I also seen an interview with, with him that he kind of said he wants to, you know, kind of fall back from the WWE title pitcher. Um, it may be like feud with, the one and only former 3MB band member, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, they got a lot of history yeah. there. That could be cool. We know, you know, we got the Shield triple threat match, but we never got the 3MB triple threat match. So they have yeah. to, they could re-sign Heath Slater and then, you know, bring Hornswoggle in to be the special guest referee. Because How much muscle mass some... could you get in one ring with Drew I mean, McIntyre G- and Jinder Mahal? Yeah, Jinder Mahal is like a, bit, like a monster. Like He doesn't even look like the same guy that was no, in NXT. He doesn't. Like, it is he's, bananas. He looks like a champion. I, I, like, I, we, he does we kinda... look like a champion. I yeah. was here for him and the Bollywood boys. Um, but they weren't, the, they weren't the Bollywood boys when they were with him. Yeah, they were the Sing, Sing Brothers. The Sing Brothers, yeah. Him and the Sing Brothers. And then when they would like, his his entrance, like the first of all, the music, when they would roll the red carpet out. I know he's like a very controversial champion or whatever, but that you yeah. cannot deny that that man looked like a champion when he was carrying the title and that red carpet rolled out yeah, and that music. Nice like, suit. dude, he had the, he yeah. had the vibe. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, Marco. You're up first on our last match. This is actually the match I'm most excited for, the Raw Women's Championship match. New champ Rhea Ripley defending in another triple threat against Asuka and Charlotte. What's your pick? Man, um, there's not going to be – I mean, I'm predicting only one title is going to change hands. That's going to be the tag team titles. Um, I think Rhea Ripley's walking out as the uh, reigning defending Raw Women's Champion. There's going to be some – Crazy. I mean, with uh, if you've been watching Raw, you you've seen like the Sasha Deville stuff and all that crazy. I'm not sure what Sonya Deville. You mean Sonya Deville? Yeah, sorry, Sonya Deville and Charlotte, and what's going on with that, and if she's going to be like an advocate for Charlotte or what's going on. But um, Charlotte I does think, not need an advocate. I mean, it seems like they're pushing it that way. Like she's giving her like you know she reinstated her. She's basically her. like the corporate pick. Yeah, but um, or they're just playing off of that that Charlotte's a favorite or whatever. But um, anyway, Rhea Ripley is walking out of that uh, backlash pay-per-view with the title. All right, Sheena, your pick. I'm going with the queen, Charlotte Flair. Mm. I think um, you say what you want about the queen, but things are more interesting on Raw when people are chasing the title from Charlotte. And I think Charlotte is just an incredible heel. I think she is a worthy opponent to anyone. She makes things more interesting. And um, yeah, I think I think Charlotte is is taking this one home. 
she hasn't been champ since she came back either. Remember, she was kind of in line for that WrestleMania match, and then uh-huh. whatever happened with her happened, and she was out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. You know, WWE definitely keeps the ear out on social media, and for whatever reason, I don't really get it, but it seems like the response to Rhea Ripley's been a little bit lukewarm since her, even going back to her Mania, like her, from her time she got called up to the main roster before Mania to winning the belt till all through the last month. It's been a little bit of mixed reviews on her performances and stuff. I don't think she's really connecting like the way she might if there was a live audience in the house. And uh, like Marco, you kind of pointed out, you know, Charlotte's got the machine behind her. She got Sonya Deville in the front office kind of ready to help her out. So, yeah, I think this I think one Rhea's, is. I think Rhea's storyline is a lot like Bianca's where it's just like she was a little bit rushed. It was kind of all thrown together right at the end of Mania. I mean, she literally just came in and just challenged Asuka at the last minute. I think it was like either the week before or two weeks before WrestleMania. She just came in and said, hey, and then she left the champion. And it was yeah, like, that's one of the what? Th- that's one of the WWE's biggest issues with creative, especially around WrestleMania time. They try to they get a moment in mind and then they try to book a storyline around it instead of building yes. a storyline that leads up to to a moment, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I agree. Rhea Ripley's, you know, not gotten a fair shake from creative since she's uh, been up on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you guys this, because there's really, you know, three, possibly four matches that you you could consider for it. What do you guys, what do you think closes the show? Uh, uh, Sheena, which, what match is going on last at, at backlash? Uh, let me look at this real quick. I think it is going to be, I think it's going to be the ladies. I think the, the triple threat ladies is going to go on. I was going to say Roman and Cesaro, but I just feel like that is, uh, I think that's too obvious. I think, uh, they're they're gonna leave us with the, the triple threat for the ladies. Marco, what do yeah. you think? <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I think uh I mean that could be that might even be the opener. Roman Reigns and uh Cesaro might even open. I could see that. Yeah, they kinda like maybe. having Roman open mm-hmm. they've had Roman open a few pay per views, so yeah, that would make yeah. sense. Just get everybody hooked in real quick. Yeah, yeah. so I mean I could I could definitely see the the ladies, especially if they're gonna do some kind of like sh- crazy uh schmoz finish to it if that if that does happen. But um yeah, I can see uh, the ladies closing out the show. Yeah, outside of the lumberjack match and the tag team match, any of those other four matches could definitely uh, make a main event, and it'd be a great way to end the show. So, uh, the the one great thing about WWE is horrible, and I mean that with like a capital H. As horrible as the creative has been <laughs> over the past six months or so, the pay per views have all been pretty con- consistent. Yeah, either either good or like really great. So, I think we're going to be in for a treat, and I'm looking forward to getting entertained on Sunday night. Check out the Pyramid Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more, you can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Go Figures, where we cover the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling figures and talk about what we've each added to our own personal collections. Reminder, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your orders at Ringside. And here we go. All right, it's time for Go Figure, everybody's favorite segment of the week. Uh, I want to start by giving another plug to Hasbook. So it's at the Hasbook on Instagram, or you can go to thehasbook.com to uh, pre-order this thing. This is going to be the definitive book 
on Hasbro wrestling figures that's ever been released and going to be a uh, instrumental part of anybody's figure collection. Marco, take us away with figure news. Yeah. Um, before we start off with figure news, I want to give a shout out to the uh, the official figtographer of the Chick Foley show. Oh yeah, uh, Mister Figure Kingdom. Um, he uh, actually he has a uh, kind of like a partnership with Jazzwares um, in helping them promote the friend uh, of the UFC. show Jazzwares. Yeah, friend of the show Jazzwares and Jeremy Padawa. Um, yeah, they uh, he has a partnership with them um, where he's uh, helping them uh, promote the UFC uh, action figure line. So he yeah actually, he did some um, photography with them. That's yeah, he did cool. some. Yeah, some promo shots for him and stuff like that, and um, on his uh, Twitter account as well as Instagram. So uh, definitely give him a shout it. out. Yeah, I love to see. Yeah, definitely love to see it. He's definitely definitely worth it. I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. he's uh, in that spot. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad they actually reached out to him, and um, he actually kept it a secret for a while. He said um, someone asked him like, "How long was that?" I think it was like a for, for a few months. That's he had to cool. keep it a secret before he could uh, actually reveal that that was it was going to happen. But um, yeah, um, it, like I. I I'm happy that it happened to him of, of all the, the photographers one out the, there. One and, of the uh, best photographers in the game, dude. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely can't wait to see, uh, uh, some more, uh, new shoots from him and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, just, just super proud that, uh, a fully a fellow fully fan member. That's right. Is, uh, is, uh, getting the, uh, getting the rub from the, the big rub, time, man. Yeah. So it's great. Great news. Um, so we'll move on very light week. For uh, for figure news, I think this may be the lightest say. one in the history of the show. I know, yeah, and, it, and it's it's mainly dominated by uh, uh, Zombie Sailor, so uh, we'll we'll round it out with uh, with that line. But uh, we'll kick it off with um, Zelina Vega. Um, her uh, lead is actually available on Ringside Collectibles. It's under Series eighty four. Um, so if you click on there, and I I believe it's sold out. It might be. Um, I I'm think sure they have like is, the other. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have the um, last time I checked, it was the like the damage figure packaging. So for those non MOC people, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely available. Um, and obviously, use code Chick Foley for ten percent off when you do. Somebody order, but- in the group, I can't remember who posted it. So sorry, I can't remember who posted it. But they they had ordered the damage packaging, and it was literally like a tiny little nick on the corner of the yeah. of the you box. Would, if if you were displaying them like MOC from the front, you would never ever know. I think the only way it would even affect it is if like you sent the figure off to get graded or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying yeah. that every damaged figure would arrive like that. I mean, there may be some that are literally thrashed. But I, I just thought it was funny that that was damaged. Pa- like he pay damage package price and got the discount and it was just like a little nick on the corner i was like damn good deal yeah, i mean you definitely get a steal if, uh, if if that's not like a big deal to you but yeah i think it i think it would be definitely geared more towards like the the uh the the, the people that like to you know let them let them yeah. get some fresh air as they like, like the normal says, people uh, you could say it, yeah the normal people yeah, the, no, the, the, normal. the normies we'll the, normies. the normies. normies yeah i'm yeah, trying and, not um, to you know it, segregate and, from the yeah MLC make anybody feel the, yeah. yeah make anybody feel like uh singled out but yeah but it's yeah. funny because that may, this may not be the last selena vega figure that we get uh rumor exactly. is that she's you know she's coming back to wwe so we will see how that plays out because yeah, we that were, started we were hitting just this evening that that news started breaking so yeah we were worried that she you know this figure may not even come out and then the fact that we got this figure um, was was a blessing. And then yeah. she may be uh, showing back up. Maybe she. Yeah. You think she's bringing Elidolo with her? Um, no, no, I think he's definitely got not. his own thing going. I kind of want to see her come back with uh, 
and do some with Alistair Black. You know what I mean? Like Ooh, Alistair's yes, obviously yes, getting hyped yes. up for his comeback. Don't yeah. be, don't bash us over the head that they're you know married in real life. Yeah. Just let her play off of it because you know when you got a little bit of real chemistry to build off of, it typically can come through on screen if you just let it happen organically. Like Harry yeah. and Scarlet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it so, works with them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so find a way to weave her into what Alistair Black's going to have. And I think that could more, be very, let's, very let's get it more Kyrian and Scarlet and less Seth and Becky. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, on, the sc- on the scale of on screen relationships, I feel like we need to lean more to the, uh, you know, the. Uh, Carrion and Scarlet. Yeah, we don't we don't need camp. any more of those the uh, the man's man. <laughs> shirt. Kept, Remember that they kept Seth and Becky too PG. I mean, they let her take the end of days, but I always thought that how mage would it have been if uh, you know let skip Baron Corbin getting physical with Becky. Let uh you know let them beat Becky or let them beat Baron and uh, who was it Lacey that they fought at that yes. yeah. And then when Brock comes out, have Becky step to Brock and catch like a German suplex from Brock or something. And then oh my God, just, no. imagine the heat. <laughs> imagine the heat heading into that SummerSlam rematch if you know. Brock would have got physical with Becky. Yeah, it wasn't even. Killed. It wasn't even the in ring stuff. I wasn't like that stuff was okay. Like I wasn't even concerned about that. Yeah, she took yeah. the end of days or whatever. It was literally it was, the, their promos and all. Yeah, the, and, and and <laughs> Michael Cole constantly saying the man's man. What the about when? Uh, what about when uh, Maria? <sighs> when Maria Canella said, uh, oh "Told Becky, my. you go get your bitch, and I'll bring my bitch." And we'll oh my yeah, see, like God. that. Like you, you're that is, I have. I had blocked that and out Seth of my just memory. Beaten Brock, man. And Seth was like at his peak, and then that it was between that the way they booked Seth and Becky together, and Seth having a three month long feud with Baron Corbin just completely sucked all of his momentum away as the you know the babyface hero champion. And, and for for so two bad. people that are like actually in love and like like care about each other, and I, I'm sure they have an awesome, thriving, healthy relationship, they had no on screen chemistry. Yeah. At- it was awkward. Oh, it was like it was like two strangers standing in the ring, like trying to like hug each other or like kiss each other. It was like so awkward to watch. It was just like, ee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, that, I mean, they probably obviously they probably didn't want to do it in the first. They wouldn't no, do they, it. They, what was it like, Edge live sex celebration? <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't want to do it. But uh, no, they do it. they probably didn't want to like you know have that on screen like you know they they have their relationship in real life. They don't want to like show it. Yeah, I definitely like, think that was it. That was a Vince McMahon. I, it had to be a Vince McMahon creation. I, I definitely think Seth and Becky were probably cool to keep their distance and keep their own storylines going. Um, but yeah, when they got when they got smushed together, it just did yeah. not just did not do it for me. And I love both those people with like every ounce of my heart, <laughs> and it yeah, just and did I, not work for me together with them on screen. Yeah, with the they they lost me with the man's man t shirts. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. bad. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on. so but yeah, so Selena Vega, yeah, she uh she's at the performance center. I think they said she was like filming something for uh for WWE and um yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, like I mentioned to you guys in our in our group chat, I mean, she didn't really get fired because of performance or anything yeah. like that. It was mainly she spoke her mind about something and that, you that think she she's any less? About. Do you think she's any less uniony now than she was back when she got fired? Um, no, I think she's probably still the same. I think they probably. I mean, they, if if she is coming back, it's there's probably some type of compromise in the sense where um, maybe they maybe there's some like change or thou, thou shalt not speak about unions. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there's something. There's going to be something in her contract where she can do some things that she wasn't allowed to do yeah, while she, she was under contract previously. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, it, we, we can have a whole podcast about like that type of stuff. But yeah, so hopefully uh, she comes back and 
it's uh it's glorious because she did face Asuka for the title and I definitely would like to see her in like a singles competition give these ladies a a run for their money but uh so I'll round it out I have like their two separate stories with Zombie Sailor but I'm just gonna throw them into one uh but so coming soon not in this series but in a future uh heels and faces series Paul Roma I saw that yeah nice. Paul Roma is coming out with a figure insane this guy yeah, i hope we get an elite of him i would love to get some power and glory elites those guys are such a cool tag team yeah it'd be pretty cool i mean uh, uh just zst just uh just he's just making everyone's dreams come true with all these uh with all these figures and all these like all these guys that he's scooping up into the line so i mean and, and um just to uh piggyback off of that um the first series of first in line so series one pre-order is coming in the coming weeks You'll be able to pre-order the whole series, uh, the first series anyway of uh, heels and phases. So that's that's super exciting. Yep, I'm getting um, day one, man. They, they look so incredible. Guys, that was my next question. You guys doing the the whole set whole or set, picking man. and choosing? Whole set on day one. Yeah, um, just the sketches alone, and the 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 did you guys just uh, actually they had that this came out like later in the night. Um, they actually have a like a painted version of the Sabu figure. Yeah, it's amazing. Did you guys man. See that? Yeah. The scars so, and everything molded on, like it's just incredible, man. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely has it, some keloid issues with his uh, his scarring. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should. I, I was actually thinking we should do like a, a like a, a Patreon exclusive like Sabu episode, just talk <laughs> about like Sabu matches and all that type of stuff. When um, I was just uh, discovering ECW as a kid, I thought he was like the coolest wrestler in the world. I thought it was like yeah. Bret Hart, number one, and Sabu, number two. He was just so, <laughs> he was so unlike anything I had ever seen, you know, and now watching it back, I like, I realized how botchy a lot of his matches were, but he was just, he changed the game, man, when he came out. Yeah, like, do I, I like, I mean, I hate to do like, kind of like, like team meeting thing on, on the show, but like, kind of like, do kind of like a dark side of the ring, like our own version of it, just like, go through like his beginnings <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I don't think he just, he doesn't get like the, the, the respect. No, he doesn't. Man. That is due he for doesn't. him. I think he's hung around um, the Indies so long that it's kind of taken some of the luster off of just how much of a star he was back in ECW's heyday. Yeah. You could go to WrestleCon and get a picture with Sabu for like 15 bucks. <laughs> yeah. He was like, in ECW. He was in WCW. He was in WWE at one point. So like, yeah, I think, I think he's due for at least like a, we, we should give him some, uh, some special treatment, maybe Let's around the time the figure, name. yeah, when the figure comes out, maybe do some like a Patreon exclusive uh, Sabu episodes. So we could talk about some matches and because they they do have a uh, the uh, Botchamania actually. I'm not sure if it's still on YouTube, but they had a special edition called Sab Botchamania. Have you seen this? No, it's basically all Sabu stuff happening on it. But uh, he's got some epic yeah, botches. He would just get so creative with oh, the yeah. spots he was doing. Like he'd try to stack up three chairs, then dive through two, ta- <laughs> two tables. Yeah, I mean, like I say, you gotta respect the man for going for it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we could, yeah, we'll we'll talk we'll talk offline, as they say, but uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for uh for figure news. Like I said, it's pretty light, and we can go into that's uh, what nice we though. Up. You know, we we've had some pretty freaking packed uh figure <laughs> figure news weeks for sure. Marco, what all did you add to the break. collection this week, man? Oh man, so I uh so I. Got the AEW uh, series, Unrival Series 5. Oh, yeah. Came in this week. Um, didn't get to unbox them yet, but uh, they are, I mean, with the packaging alone, just can't wait to tear it open. And uh, and it's easy. I like the, I like the packaging because it's easy to 
yeah. to rip open if you need to. It's not like you don't have to have a pocket knife with so. you. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Yeah, you just tear it. It's easy. It's terrible. Tear away and you can tear get away your packaging. Out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the MOC collectors are like, oh, no. No, why are you tearing it? You got to keep yeah. it pristine. It is but, a um, beautiful series. Yeah, we can get into it right now because, you know, we uh, we got it last week. So, Sheena, what was your favorite figure out of the set? Oh, man. Got to be Luchasaurus, dude. It was mm. just unfreaking believable. Like, I, like, it was the first figure that we pulled out of the yeah, package. We, so we, we, both, we, we both popped out in the driveway. Like, yeah, like we, we were sitting there. We, we got the package. Like, the guy, like, the male guy, like, walked right up and, like, gave it to us. And then we were like, oh, we're going to crack this open right here. So we got out the pocket knife <laughs> and just, like, slid it open. And then we pulled it out. And, like, this, like, ray of sunshine hit Luchasaurus. <laughs> and it just, like, lit him up. And it was beautiful. Seth and I both go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it is it is definitely my favorite figure of the bunch i mean just like the head sculpt and everything they just absolutely nailed it i'm super excited for the ringside exclusive too with the different gear with the white gear um i think it's gonna look great but yeah i think if you're only gonna add one luchasaurus and one jungle boy to your collection i think series five is definitely the one to do it uh because it's just like they're you know they're typical ring gear like they're you know most most notorious ring gear but yeah luchasaurus is definitely my favorite from that set another yeah. thing that came out this evening that loot that Jurassic Express said it's already shipping. People are starting to get their shipping notifications on it. So that was quick, man. That was just oh, wow. a couple weeks ago. Those pre-orders went up. So I definitely like the quick turnaround time from uh, AEW. What else did you add, Marco? Um, other than that, it was the the, the delivery from, from you guys. Was the, oh, uh, yeah. the, the, the champion uh, Cody, Cody Rhodes, the TNT champion uh, ringside the one, exclusive the one and figure. only the, the American dream, Cody the Amer- Rhodes. Yeah, the, the American dream, not the American nightmare. For one night Ameri- only, one night the American, only. <laughs> the American dream, Cody Rhodes made his J- way Justin to Justin uh, Roberts is going to get to say the American dream. Yeah, I can't wait for that to happen. But yeah, that that figure is, um, it's it's. I mean, it might be the best Cody Rhodes figure. I mean, obviously, there's been a ton of them in the past weeks uh, we'll say but uh <laughs> yeah, like 17 this year i think <laughs> but yeah that might i mean they just get better and better he might be like the test figure like just to work on just to like any new like, paint techniques like, yeah, and stuff like, they're like oh let's just whip out another yeah. cody and we'll try it out yeah and let's see yeah. how this does and then they just build off of that with the other figures and stuff we're like gonna that, get but... the pregnant little brand brand coming up in the fall you oh, know, I can't wait for that. That's, that's gonna be that's awesome. That's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, you gonna get Pharaoh? That's gonna he he has to make an appearance. That would be point. cool for an. I really can't <laughs> believe we haven't gotten Pharaoh yet. You know, I think that's that's definitely a missed opportunity I, with all with all the Codys that we've had so far. I feel like I think that it's definitely needs to. I happen. would love to get Cody in his uh, gear that he wore against Nick Aldis at All In in the white gear, and that'd be a good chance to get Pharaoh oh. where he came out with Pharaoh at that show. So that'd probably actually be my dream Cody figure, just that All In Cody with the the Pharaoh accessory. Oh, you'll get it. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> so, you will get it. friend of the show, Jeremy, is going to be listening to this, and he's going to be like, all right, noted. <laughs> Another Cody. Let's go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was pretty much it on my end for uh, figures. For us, uh, we grabbed my, my Four Horsemen jacket that I ordered from BoxaGimmicks.com over WrestleMania weekend. Finally came in. So this is the classic old school 80s style Four Horsemen logo on there. It's uh, in support nice. of the Orn podcast, which we're big fans of, along with everything else that Conrad Thompson does. Uh, for the Motus, I grabbed three more this week. So I grabbed The Undertaker, The Fiend, and The Rock Motu, which means that we are now down to Mr. T, which uh, for whatever reason, the Mr. T Motu has like skyrocketed in value. I've seen it going for anywhere between 50 and 70 bucks. That's a little bit rich for me on the Motu, so I'm going to wait till the hype dies down a little bit. It makes me sick because I actually found not one but two Mr. T 
uh, Motus at retail. I gave one of I them. I was going to say we saw that several times. Yeah, I gave one of them to, uh, well, that, that day when I found those uh, Case Fresh sets of Motus, that's what it was. It was the Mr. T series. And I gave one of yeah. them to Jordan. And then another one, uh, we sold to somebody in the Foley fam. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, Tony uh, Barker, maybe. Maybe. But uh, but yeah, Mr. T, Motu. Now, uh, that's the last one I need. Now we'll be all the way caught up. So I'm going to find a way to get them somehow, some way. But, but yeah, it is nice to have the Motus all the way caught up. Uh, we got a couple that of That escalated quickly. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. We got a couple of the uh, AW1B figures. We wanted to get them in hand just to check out. The, the skin tone change on some of them, it was an improvement, but it really wasn't as dramatic as I was expecting it to be. So it's still cool that people that may have missed out the first chance around or were late getting into the line now have a chance to go back and grab AW Series 1 again. Especially that Brandy. Yeah, yeah, definitely Brandy. She was hard to find on the first first go around, so mm-hmm. that's cool. And I think uh, I can't remember. I think I saw that those are going to be online exclusive. So yeah, at least here in the states, so you better get on ringside and order those if you want to get a chance to get them. And then last, yeah, and they are differentiated between the boxes. So the boxes do notate that is it is one series one version two on the box. So there's like a little you know stamp on the side where it would say series one. It says series one version two. So you'll you'll know if you order them on eBay or anywhere else, like you know what to look for. And for the hardcore completionists, you're gonna have to have the the entire second <laughs> yeah. set now. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy knows what he's doing. And then probably the highlight of our uh, pickups this week, we got our custom Ahmed Johnson from Ivy's Custom Figgies. So again, that's Ivan. He's a member of the Foley fam as well. Hats off to him on Instagram. It's Ivy's I V Y S underscore Custom underscore Figgies. We used a Ezekiel Jackson base with a custom head from the Warsman. Uh, Sheena, what's your review on this uh, this Ahmed custom? <laughs> I think it looks. I think it looks awesome. I think he nailed it. And then like the knee pads, he's got like these little like straps around the back, like the stretchy straps. For I think the thigh the, pads. Yeah, like the thigh, oh, the thigh pads. Yeah, it looks it looks great. Yeah, I, I sent Marco a picture of it right before we came online. What do you think, Marco? Pretty good, Ahmed. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, it's pretty spot on as well. Yeah, I think it'd be um, tough just, for Mattel to top. I don't know why I, I I was like chuckling to myself about thigh pads. Why was he wearing thigh pads? I don't know. <laughs> you, get, you gotta protect those quads, baby. Ahmed was off the chain, you know. He wore knee pads and thigh pads, and then just the moves he would do. You know, he would do those like top rope tope suicidas, and he'd do somersaults and shit. Like I remember on a, we used to love listening to the New Generation Project podcast, which highly highly recommended. That's probably still my all time favorite the wrestling, best podcast. wrestling podcast that ever was. Um, somebody said that. Like, you know, when they got Ahmed Johnson signed to WWE that uh, Vince told somebody to send him a tape of like, you know, Junkyard Dog or uh, Big John Stud to show him like how to work as a big guy. And they mix it up and just send him some tape of luchadors. And Ahmed was like, OK, I guess this is what they want me to do, because he was always <laughs> doing some crazy shit. He was dive. He would dive over the top rope and just land on his head on the outside. But uh, really, really over. I think he gets hated on a lot nowadays. But Ahmed was like groomed to be the next world champ back when he uh, first came in there in late 95. Were you a big yeah. Ahmed fan back in the day, Marco? Oh yeah, of course. I thought I definitely thought he was going to be the uh, the next the next champion, but obviously things happen, and you know, it, it, whatever was whatever was wasn't meant to be. So yeah, no, he was awesome though. I was um, I was I was always like a uh, I was pop for like the big giant like dude that just destroyed everyone. Yeah, the, so I was a huge Psycho Sid fan. The Pro River Plunge um, was an awesome finisher. Uh, he had a, they, that great Jax BCA figure. Yeah. Yep. I wish Ahmed could get a little bit more love, man, because he was definitely one of my favorite parts of the, the late new gen era. 
drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. It's time for How Many Chicks. How Many Chicks is a segment where I, the heel husband, pick out one of our 1,000 plus wrestling figures from our collection and present it to Sheena live on the air for an instant rating and review. How Many Chicks is brought to you by our friends at Homage. Homage specializes in bringing vintage-inspired designs on the absolute softest tees in the biz because with Homage, comfort is always part of the game plan. You can visit Homage's online shop at homage.com and find all their latest designs on social media at Homage. That's H-O-M-A-G-E. All right, so we're back for another edition of How Many Chicks. Uh, if you guys remember last time we did this, we kind of re-baselined the ratings because Sheena was all over the place. She gave a freaking Dana Brooke basic like a 4.99 and then tried to give Alicia Fox a, a 2.0. It was just a hot mess. I gave her, I gave her a 3. Right. That was, at, that was, at, so I re-listened <laughs> to that segment to try to, just before we went on the air tonight to remember where we left off at. And that was after me and Marco shamed you into, uh, <laughs> I'll remind you the scale is 0.0 to 5.0, which means a 2.5 is a perfectly average figure. All right. Listen, I don't care. I don't care what, the, I don't care what the numbers say. I gave great explanations as to why I rated those figures with those ratings. So I, I stand by what I said. I said what I said. I'm I, I so I on my uh my Excel spreadsheet that I used to keep up with my figure collection, I added a new tab all for how many chicks. So we're just keeping up with this and I just want to make sure that we had a little bit of a baseline set for uh, you know, for posterity so that way we can keep up with what is truly the you know, the highest rated figure in this segment's history. Um so again, yeah, at least it was basic twenty one Alicia Fox that got, you know, a three, a three, and a three point two between the three of us. Uh, so Sheena has a figure in front of her in the Undertaker's casket from Ringside Collectibles. Right. I'm gonna hit the drum roll and then Sheena will unveil what the figure for this week is. See. Done back to back diva, so I'm hoping it's a uh, it's a dude. You know, so we'll, we'll go ahead and do some live on air production. We were kind of hoping you could get it opened up, so like right when that drum roll peaks, you could hit us with the uh, the figure. You know. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> let's do, let's do it one more time. Let's okay. do the drum roll. All right, we're gonna I run mean, it back. Here we go. Tony Hawk of the Squared Circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's Darby Allen himself. Oh. We're gonna let his theme play while you drink it in there, Sheen. Give it give it the once over. Man, I'm thirsty too. This is the best AW theme, by the way. Yeah, I agree. 
song always gets me hype. All right, so this is AEW Series 3, Darby Allen. This is the regular version. We still haven't got that chase. Uh, you know, Jeremy, if you're listening, we'll be happy to take one of those extra chase figures if you can uh, if you can find it. I got a save search on eBay. To tell you how hot this figure is, I usually check my save searches once a day, and I've never actually seen an active listing for the Darby Allen chase. It sells basically immediately anytime that uh, it gets listed. You know, I'm clearly not the only one with it up for... Uh, on a safe search. The ones that have sold so far though, there's two that popped up on May 5th. One sold for 750 bucks with free oh, shipping. Geez. And on May 7th, one sold for 850 bucks with free shipping. So it, it actually, oh, the, yeah, the value went up on the second God. one. So I'm definitely not dropping that much for any wrestling figure. I mean, Darby Allen could skateboard down my street and hand deliver me the figure. And uh, <laughs> I'm still not, uh, I'm still not coughing that up for, for an action figure, but wow. either way, this is a very, very cool figure with some unique features. Um, Sheena, I'll just kind of describe what you're looking at there. For uh, You probably don't got to go into super detail because it is such a recent figure, but but tell us some of your yeah. key takeaways from the figure before we uh, you hit it with a rating. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's very striking figure. Obviously, the face paint adds a lot to this figure with just like that, you know, his half, you know, skull, uh, the Dia de los Muertes look he's got going on. Um, the I love the jacket. The jacket's got like the airbrush paint on it. He's got his little like, you know, his little hot pants, his little booty short um, jeans that he wears with the tights underneath. And it comes with skateboard accessory. I mean, what what cooler accessory can you have as a wrestler than a uh, the skateboard, you know, skateboarding down to the ring? And it's fully uh, articulated. They definitely could have got by with just a molded skateboard that doesn't roll. Oh, but. yeah. No, you, you can roll this bad boy all the way down to the ring. Um, but, yeah, this figure is so mage. They killed the tattoo detailing. Um, I really, I, I even like the, you know, the Polly Pocket style jacket for this they could have got they could have done a soft goods but i think they got way more detail doing the the rubber poly pocket style yeah um marco do you have this figure in your collection oh of course yeah it's a great one man it is very very cool uh sheena let's hit it the key question how many chicks i'm gonna give this figure mm. So this is a this is the first time in line. You know, we get we get bonus bonus points for first time in line. Beautiful figure. I mean, just absolutely stunning. I'm gonna give it a four point five. Okay. Marco? Yeah, no well, no arguments from the freaking peanut gallery. I, I think that's a fair rating. Uh you know, yeah. you justified it and, and it's it's a great it's a great unique figure. It's, it's great and it's unique, you know. So I think it's uh yeah, I I think that's a fair rating. Marco, what do you give it? Um yeah, I mean probably probably around the same. I'm, I'm gonna go with a maybe a four point we'll go four point seven Ooh, for wow. uh, for for this one, yeah. I mean Damn near it, it, perfect. Yeah, was the, you, uh, did you like the chase better? Would you give the chase a five? If you oh, the chase, chase would definitely get a five. Yeah, no, no doubt. If it just had that, if it just had that, the 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 paint on it, it would definitely be a five. But uh, yeah. no, that that figure, uh, I thought the you know Orange Cassidy was going to be my favorite out of that, which it, it is. It's my uh, notable um, favorite, but uh, the, the Darby Allen's the best out of that out of that line, definitely without a doubt with a skateboard. Yeah. Um, the detail on it is amazing. It just looks um, like a cool figure, dude. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Like you, you wouldn't even have to know that this is a wrestling figure. Yeah, you like, could this could be, this could be a guy Legends, from, yeah, anything. like Ninja Turtles or anybody, you know, yep. he could be, he could be a, a villain from any, for, or, you know, even a vigilante. He could be like a vigilante from any 
comic book and you just be like, hell yeah, this is an awesome figure, dude. Yeah, he, yeah you can definitely throw him in any any line. You can throw him in like the the NECA Karate Kid line. Yeah. Have him be like the uh, the Johnny where he's wearing the uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, the he does. He does yeah, I forgot he does have Johnny <laughs> he can vibes. He be a part of that crew. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 damn near perfect that figure. Yeah, I agree. It is damn near perfect. If I was rating it by itself, I would give it a four point nine. But I am deducting a half a point. I'm taking it down to a four point four on the grounds Ooh. that it's not even the best version of Darby Allen in that series. The chase is yeah. is That's so much cooler. Yeah, the yeah. the yeah. the paint's just a lot more striking. He's got the paint all down the chest. Uh, the skateboard even looks a little bit cooler. The the chase is just superior in every single way, which we've been a little bit critical of our good friends at Jazzwares on that. You know, I like I like a chase to just be maybe a color swap or something like that. But when you're making them like almost completely different figures, it really sucks for the hardcore collectors. That's like what us makes it a true chase. See, I could argue that that's what makes it like a super cool chase. Like sometimes it's like, eh, is it really even worth going for the uh, the chase if it's just like a, a color swap on the tights or whatever? But like this legit makes it. Like people, I mean, people are paying eight hundred dollars. Yeah, for this I thing. agree. So yeah. I think it'd be so, and I think that's what kills it, man. If it was just like go, you had to hunt it down at the stores, and it was harder to find like that, that'd be one thing. But the fact that there's like absolutely no option to get these other than basically checking your stores every single day or coughing up over five hundred bucks on eBay, that takes some of the fun out of it for me. You know, I'm cool to I'm cool to pay a little bit of a premium. Um, you be you know, I hope I'm not just coming off as a cheapskate because I've dropped a pretty penny on some figures in my day, but I mean that's just ridiculous. You know, that's a couple of car payments, what you're talking about for a freaking action figure, you know, so uh, true. just a little. But uh, I will say, I will say, even though the chase looks cooler, the the OG is the definitive Darby. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's the week to week Darby that you see every single week. I mean, clearly the, the body paint is super cool and super you know striking, but he doesn't wear that body paint all the time. That's very that was a very specific like moment. So I feel like, uh, you know, that's a fair if, point. If you're gonna have one Darby in your collection, I do feel like just the, the the standard issue Darby is is the one to have. I mean, obviously we want the chase, but I think uh, I think you're good with that one as your as part of your collection. So Darby Allen's definitely setting a uh, a high bar for for anybody to try to top uh, coming in on the the how many chicks rank is he just he smoked Alicia Fox left her in the dust so Darby Allen's now the uh, all time number one figure in how many he doesn't chicks. set the bar he is the bar wow <laughs> okay that's a little another shout out to Sorrow for his big uh, championship match this weekend hey everyone it's Nick better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Random Merch of the Week is where we scour the deep recesses of the internet to track down hard-to-find and never-before-seen wrestling merchandise and share it with you, the Foley fam. You can find links to purchase our rare finds in the show notes of every episode. This segment is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Tees. Visit the official Chick Foley Show store by searching Chick Foley at ProWrestlingTees.com or hitting the link in our show notes. 
All right, Marco, tell us about this jack set that you found. Yeah, so um found this jack set on obviously on on eBay. Um it's a it's a whole set. It's a so it's a ring, a it looks like a, a foam belt, and you get about six figures with it as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's basically it's a, a, a collection starter pack, man. Yeah, it's like a superstars signature series collection, it's called. Um Jack specific. Um, Ruth, and it's, these are ruthless aggression style figures, correct? Yes, yes, they are. Um, and the the figures are I can. It's hard to like see which ones they are, but I believe it's uh, Triple H, Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, who else? I, I think there's an Undertaker, right? The picture. The Undertaker. Yeah, there's an Undertaker in there. Looks like a. You got Jericho. Was that the Dudley Shawn- Boys? I saw. Yeah, the Dudley boys are in there as well. It's kind of hard to tell, you know. Uh, shout out to Jax for how uh, how great their figures were, you know. <laughs> yeah, there is. A, yeah, there. It looks like Eddie. I mean, it could be Eddie Guerrero too, but I could be wrong. Anyway, um, it is a really cool looking uh, package, and it's uh, only five ninety nine, not five dollars and ninety nine cents, so five hundred ninety nine dollars. It's a uh, new in boxes. It's never been opened. Uh, looks pretty pristine too from the from the pictures. Uh, that the uh the person posted so it's from uh 2001 i believe it says yeah shout out to uh shout out to jacks they were always going hard with the box sets i remember they had uh like a a wrestlemania box set of bone crunchers that came with like 10 figures in it so it's a pretty cool set i don't know i'm I'm gonna keep an eye on this um yeah i'm not the smartest on kind of the late attitude era uh jacks figures i don't know i don't really see this thing going for 600 i mean what do you think marco maybe you know a little bit more about than i do you think this thing's really going to get that kind of coin um, it, it's a pause. This is so. This is the only one I've ever seen on. Yeah, right? that's true. I've never seen it. It's definitely a rare piece. I just don't know if sometimes you know rare doesn't always equal like you know value. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it. I mean, right now you can get away with it because it's the. It seems like it's the only one on eBay right now. So I think any hardcore collector that's looking for this, and like I said, it is. It is pristine. Um, Did either of you check the sold listings to see if there was any sold listings for this item? It'd be tricky even um, finding it though, because this it's literally just Jack Superstar series. Um, yeah, there's no there's no specific yeah, so. name to it, so you're gonna get thousands and thousands of uh, reasons. We need to hit up. Maybe we hit up our buddy Pier, uh, Pyramid Wrestling. He's pretty smart on the Jacks. Uh, the, the I think the key thing would be if any of these six figures in here were unique. If there was something unique about any of them, or if they were just straight re-releases. A lot of times, yeah, the box sets it would be all re-releases. But maybe you get something like that Green Ultimate Warrior that came in the one box set uh, during the BCA yeah. days. So you never know. But yeah. it is a very cool set. I, I would be stoked. Like you cannot believe to get this as a kid. I'm getting six wrestlers. Plus, you know, some hardcore accessories and a ring and a championship belt. Yeah, like count me in. Put this under the Christmas tree and I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sheen, we got any listener mail for this week? Oh, yeah. So our first question comes in from John Swallow. If you didn't listen last week, uh, we had our buddy John on the show from the Coming Down the Aisle podcast. So make sure you go back and listen to that episode. But he left us a question. He said, if you could build a faction from any promotion, what would it be? And who would manage them and what would you name them? So I'll I'll give this to Seth. Who would you like to see a faction? If you could just like create a faction from any uh promotion right now, who would who would you get who would you have? 
Um, so I've, I talked about this a little bit on the Facebook post this week, but I would make a, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go through not just all factions. I'm going to go all throughout the history of time and any wrestler, um, such as the blue blazer with two B's or Jeff Jarrett with two J's. I'm putting them all together and the faction's going to be the double BJ's. So that's always just been a wrestling fantasy of mine. I think they wow. would just be incredible. <laughs> and, uh, I think they would go straight to the top. They'd capture all the gold, the, the double BJ's. That's my <laughs> faction. <laughs> You guys are Jeff Jarrett are the leaders. That's right. Oh my god, Marco, do you have anybody BJs. that you would throw together as a uh, as a faction? I don't even know if you could top that. That's, that's true. That's I mean, true. We that's should hard just, to, we should just, be hard to top. Man. That's true. <laughs> that's we should just we should top. just drop the mic at the uh, at the double yeah, BJ's. So our buddy uh, Francis Marino he says, uh, I was wondering what you guys Blue thought Blazer, of this idea. Blazer, British Bulldog, you know Jeff Jarrett, you get Jerry Jarrett in there. Sorry, I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm brainstorming now. All right, go wow, for it, Shane. You, you really uh you really got excited about it after <laughs> after we cut you off, huh? <laughs> but, uh, Francis Marino says, "I was wondering what you guys thought of this idea. What if the money in the bank could be used to cash in on the tag team titles? Because I think maybe Otis could have cashed in. I'm just curious as to why it can't be or it hasn't been used in this capacity. I love this question, uh, Marco. I'll toss it to you first. What do you think about the the money in the bank being eligible?" for for tag champions uh that's actually a pretty cool idea i just i don't think it's ever i mean it you'd have to do like one of those like makeshift tag teams right if you're if you're not a if you're a singles wrestler um and you decided you'd probably have to like convince somebody to be your tag team partner at the time to cash in yeah, I'm not sure how yeah, that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Where, where the hiccups yeah. could come. But, but yeah, last year to- was the first time it really seemed like it's something that could possibly uh, uh-huh. happen. When you know, when obviously with Otis winning it, when him and Tucker were still together. True, yeah, but like you could I, create the storyline where it's like, you know, you have this guy who's maybe like a mid-card guy, and he could have guys approaching him like, hey, dude, you have the money in the bank briefcase. Like, you know, you and I could team up, and we could take on this tag division, you know, and just kind of yeah. like create a tag team out of somebody who, I mean, WWE loves to throw together a ragtag tag team. So, um, you know, I, I do think it could be used in that capacity. I definitely think it would have been to Otis's benefit to use it that way last year versus the way that they had Miz win it and like, you know, cash in and fail and then get it back through some, you know, crazy turn of events. I feel like it yeah. kind of, you know, it, it has not, the the money in the bank briefcase has not had an effect the way that it should since Seth Rollins has had it. Like, I'll say it. Like, I, I feel like Seth Rollins was the last true Mr. Money in the Bank where it meant something. It was important. Well, I don't know. Brock, Brock was fun. I thought that yeah. was, I thought that was cool. But I, I would say Seth is the definitive Mr. Money in the yeah. Bank. I never, I never understood why they didn't like make it a threat to all titles. Yeah, like exactly. That, like the person yeah. could come out and like if you're it's an like IC champion, you had to watch your yeah. back. Yeah, if you're a uh, United States champion, you should be watching your back. Um, even I think it would give NXT. more clout to those titles too. Like you know, yeah. like it doesn't just have to be like the only title that matters in this divi- in this yeah. you know company is the is the world heavyweight title. Like you know the the intercontinental title should be on the table. You know all yeah. of the the US title, all those things. I think it would definitely yeah, like add a little bit of credibility show up on tuesday night and show up at the uh the yeah, was at, it the cwc and freaking oh yeah CWC, full, yeah. yeah and then uh you know uh go after carrying cross um go after johnny gargano with the like exactly. just show up and stay there hold the and the, like everyone's a threat anyone that that one person is a threat to all those titles exactly that's what the, it should the, be the money in the bank is a threat to all the gold <laughs> yeah across, and the, the, other, across the, other, the board 
the other cool thing I think would happen, I hate to bring in the Usos again, but if like um, uh, Jay Uso won the Money in the Bank and they perhaps did that tag team thing, do you, you know, hook up with your brother and cash in on some some ragtag tag team and take their titles? Or do you cash in on your uh, on your cousin and try mm-hmm. to take his title? So that would kind of, you know, give some like, you know, some drama to the to yeah, the that could be cool. um, money in the bank. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's actually that'd be a pretty cool idea if they did something like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally here for the money in the bank briefcase being open to all the gold across all brands. I think yeah. that definitely doesn't pigeonhole you into storylines and it doesn't muck up the if you have a really good world title storyline it doesn't you don't have to just make something happen with the money in the bank briefcase that you know may not be a good fit and just like kind of force it in there um i think it's just kind of um you know it would be a better better served to allow it to create other storylines in maybe the mid card or you know nxt Awesome. So we have a question from our buddy entering art, Justin Frank. He says, what NJPW star would you want to see challenge Mox next for the U.S. title? I would say Okada, even though I think Kota Ibushi is the best wrestler in NJPW. I think Okada's got the star power. Okada's got the size and, and and just the presence to to really hang with the biggest stars here in the States. I think he's got a, uh, you know, Kota Ibushi definitely wrestles like a New Japan style. I feel like Okada can, he's more of a kind of like a Shinsuke Nakamura where he's got some strong style stuff, but he's still heavily influenced by American style pro wrestling. So I think his style would translate really well. And I think you could just have a hell of a match, you know? So I would say uh, Okada and uh, Mox would be my pick. Marco, you got any input? Oh man. Um, There's a couple I would like to see, Um, but I'm always drawn to, uh, to evil for some reason. Um, just his presence. He always reminded me of kind of like the new Japan undertaker, essentially with his entrances and stuff like that. Um, I like to see, you know, uh, AEW have that type of entrance. Cause they don't, I don't think they have an entrance like that yet. Just some Sting's type of like, probably the closest thing they got. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, he's not really, obviously he's not like super active right now. Yeah. Um, but, but just, I have that, like, just like maybe like the lights go out and then, like evil comes walking out. I'm always uh, and I've always been a big fan of um, his his in ring work as well. And just as his character is pretty awesome too. So, but yeah, I would definitely I'd, I'd like to see that. I think they I think they tear the house down if he ever showed up on AEW television. All right, and we're going to take one more question, um, and I'll take this one, this fun one from um, my buddy Zach Hertzler. He says, "What's your favorite topping or toppings on pizza, Seth?" Uh, I like bacon. I like like there's a host of other toppings I like, but I think bacon is always good to just add just kind of a base layer of a good, you know, good savory flavor to your pizza. So throw in a little bit of diced bacon um, with any other combination and it's going to work out very, very nicely for you. If you were to just order a pizza, like you would just order a bacon pizza? No, no, no. But I'm saying bacon is a good like base layer to accompany anything else that you got. Why, so why go with just your, one topping? You know what I mean? No, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you were to just create your your fantasy pizza, if you're fantasy booking a pizza, what would it be? Like, if you, <laughs> oh, okay. If you I thought you were saying right one now. topping. I thought you said what's your favorite topping. Now, if I could well, fantasy I mean, yeah, book that, a pizza, that could, that could definitely be. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm thinking kind of, like, what's your favorite? Like, yeah. So pizza? this is a, this is a strange uh, 
for anybody that hasn't experienced this, it's going to sound a little weird, but at uh, Pizza Port in San Diego is the first place I tried this. God, Pizza um, Port. Yeah, it's delicious. So it's, a, it's a it's a brew pub where they make their own pizza and their own beer. So hey, what what more could you ask for? But shrimp on pizza. You know, the it's grilled shrimp on the pizza oh. with, uh, you know, light mm-hmm. sauce. Um, so you get you really just tasting kind of like that, that awesome, awesome crust uh, that they of uh, their pizza and then, um, you know, light sauce and light cheese. But then throw some shrimp and some bacon on there. It was just is excellent, man. So, yeah, shrimp and bacon would probably be my, my yeah. dream pizza. What about you, Marco? What is your favorite pizza topping combo? Oh, everyone loves the uh, the the uh, what do you call it? Pineapple, pineapple <laughs> and ham. Right? Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't hate pineapple and <laughs> ham. I know it's very controversial. I mean, it's not my favorite pizza. Like if I, yeah, but I, I mean, know. I can't tell you. In college, I ordered my fair share of pizza, like uh, you know, Hawaiian pizza or whatever it was from Papa John's. So like, like pineapple and cheese just don't mix, man. Like mm, I could, I could it, deal it with like good the on crust. Pizza. I could deal with the crust and the pineapple and ham. That's all good. I like a pineapple ham, but. Pineapple and cheese, yeah, it's, it doesn't work That's, for me. I don't, yeah, I don't get what the. I mean, I might be. I mean, I, I, I I've eaten it before, and I just don't get what the big. Oh, it's so disgusting! Oh, pineapple. Yeah. And pizza. It's like I don't. I honestly don't get the. Yeah, I'm the not. Disgust I, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a picky eater, but I think, yeah, uh, yeah I think pizza. I think pineapple on pizza is a totally acceptable acceptable topping yeah um, but um it's my, definitely my real, not hawaiian though by the way we yeah. coming from someone who lived in hawaii for over six years it's not a hawaiian no, thing it's just not. i think the mainland the mainland associates anything that has to do with pineapples with hawaii so uh yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird but uh yeah no my real <laughs> answer what i've I don't know why this is not my go-to. Is uh, is buffalo chicken? Oh, yeah. great buffalo choice. chicken. Yeah, I love buffalo, buffalo chicken, chicken. with so a good. with a ranch drizzle. Is oh like, my god, mm, primo. Just, yeah, you just eat the whole thing. Just not even give anyone else a slice. Just take the whole box into yeah. the room. I love I love buffalo chicken town. pizza on a thin crust, like a thin crispy crust. Like that to me is like the, yeah. the best way to eat buffalo buffalo pizza. Personally, I like a pizza with like all everything, like Ugh. the works, all the stinkers. I want the peppers and the onions and the garlic and the olives and mushrooms. All, the mushrooms, all of it. I want a little meat sprinkled in there. So you can put a little sausage, a little bacon in there just to give it some, you know, umami. But yeah, I want all those like smelly vegetables Horrible. on the pizza. <laughs> it, it's just Horrible. so it's like a flavor explosion in your mouth. It's just so, so good. Um, yeah, it's 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 the best. Um, so yeah, all, all the stinker vegetables plus a little bit of meat is uh is probably my favorite go-to pizza. So thanks for that question, Zach. All right, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley show. And then as always, you can join our Foley fam and be a part of our 2K Rumble coming up on Saturday by going to ChickFoleyShow.com. We want to remind you guys to check out all of our fellow Pod Foundation members, Pyramid Wrestling, Turnbuckle Tavern, and the Extra Cooler Show, and support Ringside Collectibles and use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your purchases there. Uh, Marco... For at least one more week, you are the reigning, defending, <laughs> undisputed Chick Foley Show prediction champion. I'm already champion. prepping my final words for next week. Give oh, us the man. closing words for this week as we head into backlash. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deter from the uh, from the dad jokes because I think that's going to be bad juju if I uh, dad do a dad juju. joke this week. Dad juju, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. See that? Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with, let's see, just some simple words. We'll leave it off with this. No matter where you go. 
there you are.